The serious side is coming up next, right here on the TJRS Radio Network. These council binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the same what I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. Colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. School shootings are preventable if you know the signs. Learn more at sandyhookpromise.org. What do you wish for? A nice life? Nice things? Or do you wish for something more? A sense of purpose? Do you wish to discover a cure? To write code that cracks an unsolvable question? To further our exploration into space? Or to invent something that changes everything right here on Earth? Well... If that's your wish, make yourself ready. Because when you look back, you'll see that you didn't just make wishes. You realized them. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Amy Held. Former President Trump's second impeachment trial gets underway Tuesday. But first, NPR's Gerald Snyder reports Trump's legal team has some paperwork to file by tomorrow. The former president's attorneys are facing a deadline to file their pre-trial brief, their written response to the charge against him, that Trump incited insurrection when he spoke to thousands of supporters before the January 6th chaos at the Capitol. The attack led to five deaths, including that of a Capitol police officer. The nine House impeachment managers laid out their own argument in a pre-trial brief filed last week saying Trump aimed the protesters like a loaded cannon at the U.S. Capitol. They asked Trump to testify, but he declined, with his legal team calling the request a publicity stunt. Presentations begin Tuesday. Seventeen Republicans would have to join all 50 Democratic votes to reach the two-thirds needed to convict him. Giles Snyder, NPR News. Tens of thousands of protesters are taking to the streets once again in Myanmar after Monday's coup. Michael Sullivan reports the Internet has been restored to the country's biggest city, but the backlash against the military authorities who cut it is only growing. The protests aren't just continuing, they're growing, with tens of thousands 
turning out in Yangon, shouting anti-military slogans, and demanding the release of Aung San Suu Kyi and others detained since last Monday. The protests are taking place despite an internet blackout that now appears to be easing. Many protesters carried the red peacock flags of Suu Kyi's National League for Democracy. Their arms held up in the three-fingered salute of defiance from the Hunger Games films, passing drivers honking their support. Despite a heavy police presence, there's been no violence reported in Yangon so far, though shots have reportedly been fired at a demonstration in the border town of Mayawadi. For NPR News, I'm Michael Sullivan in Chiang Rai. The Pope is coming down against the military leaders in his Sunday address. From St. Peter's Square, Francis today expressed his solidarity with the people of Myanmar. The head of the UN Food Agency, David Beasley, says they've reached a deal with Ethiopia to allow aid workers to better access the northern region of Tigray. The BBC's Mary Harper has more. Following a visit to Tigray, Mr. Beasley said nearly three million people were in urgent need of help. The UN and other agencies have repeatedly complained about not being able to reach those most at risk. The Ethiopian government has downplayed reports that people are starving. It says it's provided food aid to nearly two million people. It's difficult to verify this because of a media blackout. All sides in the conflict have been accused of grave human rights abuses, including using rape and starvation as weapons of war. The BBC's Mary Harper. You're listening to NPR News. Coming up next on the serious side. Have released their pre-trial brief ahead of those Senate proceedings against former President Trump that are set to begin next week. Now, in their document, they will say that President Trump's responsibility for the riots on January 6th is unmistakable. It goes on to say that President Trump's conduct must be declared unacceptable in the clearest and most unequivocal terms. This is not a partisan matter. His actions directly threatened the very foundation on which all other political debates and disagreements unfold. Something has come up that was really remarkable yesterday. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez took to Instagram live last night to give a first-hand account of what she went through when domestic terrorists stormed the Capitol. She called out Republicans trying to downplay what happened and says they, you know, it brought back another personal trauma in her life. Take a look. These folks who tell us to move on, that it's not a big deal, that we should forget what's happened, or even telling us to apologize, um, these are the same tactics of abusers. For now, where the Democratic-led House voted last night to punish newly elected Republican Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene for endorsing false conspiracy theories in the past. Greene told the House she now rejects the claim that school shootings like the one in Parkland, Florida, were staged and the 9-11 attacks never happened. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show with Kathleen Williams. Mrs. Vanessa Maybell, Mr. Jerome Esprit, the official texter of the show Mr. Johnny D, and Mr. Elias. Now here is your host, J. Ryle. 
Thank you so much, and good morning, and welcome to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show. Today is February 7th, 2020, and here are the topics that we will discuss today on the serious side of the J. Rouse Show. Good morning, Jerome. How are you doing, sir? 
Hey, good morning. I'm good. How are you? Doing outstanding, man. Glad that you have made your presence felt in the place to be. Thank you for being here. And, uh, you know, we always appreciate your commentary. And, man, who gets the first and last word here on the serious side? The one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, sir. And how are you doing this morning? Good morning, Vanessa. Mwah. Good morning, Kathleen. Mwah. Good morning, Mary and Music. Mwah. Good morning, uh, Rich Sister. Mwah. Good morning, Momo B. Mwah. And good morning, uh, Hawk. And good morning, my brother, Jerome. Numbers three four seven eight five oh one two seven two. You can be a part of the conversation. You can uh, check out all the sites that we check out through. Or you can hang out on all the sites that we check out throughout the show. If you are a social media buff and you're shy, you don't want to call in, or you can hang out in the world famous chat room for those uh, that usually hang out. You know how to make your way there. So make your way there. We'd love to hear from you. You can call us once again three four seven eight five oh one two seven two. Or if you're shy, you can leave your comments in those different places. And during the chat chat box section, which about uh, 90 minutes away or so we'll read your comments live on the air so we appreciate you thank you so much a lot to talk about a lot to get into so without any further ado let's get it started live have released their pre-trial brief ahead of those senate proceedings against former president trump that are set to begin next week now, in their document, they will say that President Trump's responsibility for the riots on January 6th is unmistakable. It goes on to say that President Trump's conduct must be declared unacceptable in the clearest and most unequivocal terms. This is not a partisan matter. His actions directly threatened the very foundation on which all other political debates and disagreements unfold. In two days, the former president of the United States will was impeached and will be tried by the Senate. And so my question this morning to my esteemed colleagues and family members is, is this a waste of time? Because we already know where this is going. Republicans have already pretty much told us where they're going to fall down in this. So let's start the conversation right there. Mr. Elias, in two days, Donald J. Trump will face his uh, contemporaries again. Um, during an impeachment trial. He's already been impeached twice, so now here's a trial to see if he's convicted of the crimes that have been levied against him. So my question to you is, is this a complete waste of time? Because at the end of the day, we already know the outcome. I mean, come on. What say you? Well, you know, it, it needs to happen. It, it definitely needs to happen, Jay. But it is a it is a waste of time because the bottom line is, you know, you like, well, it needs to happen because you you, you need every a, a president needs to know that you are not above the law, you're not, and that you need to stand trial and you need to stand trial for all the things that you do and all the actions that you take that take place. You they, they need to know that, but we also we also know that the Republicans ain't got balls enough to stand up for what they believe in. It's only a few. It is only a few, and. Look what's happening to them. Look what's happening to Liz Cheney and 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 and, and it's a senator out of Illinois. Look what's happening to these people for standing up and saying this is wrong. This is wrong for him to do it to cause insurrection. This is wrong for him to cause riots. This is wrong for this to happen. And what are they doing? The Republican Party are trying to get kept get again trying to get them ousted. This is this is how bad it is. So that that's the reason I say it needs to happen. But it is a complete waste of time because you, you, as a president, you need, you need to be held accountable for your actions. 
you always need to be held accountable. Look what happened with Nixon. If that would have never happened, and Spiro T. Agnew, if that hadn't happened, look what would have happened. You know, this is just, it needs to happen. It does need to happen to let people know what's going on with this president, but his followers, no matter what he does, are going to follow him. And then, and then they're going to kiss his butt, and they're going to give uh, get, give him all the credit that he is and that he does, and and that that's all it is to it. No matter what he does, like he said, he can stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody, and he can get away with it. It's not that's not a joke. That's the truth. Yeah, but you you kind of contradicting yourself. You're saying that it's a, ah. it needs to happen, but it's a waste of time. Well, I mean, because it's either either needs to happen or it's a waste of time. I mean. I, I don't know how we can have both. I mean, to me, if it's a waste of time, then why do it? We're wasting taxpayers' dollars. Because because the Republican Party are cowards, man. They're cowards. They won't stand up for what's right. That's that's who they are now. They're cowards. If if, if this this is a country where they didn't have any cowards, yes, it needs to happen. It definitely needs to happen. Well, you got cowards standing there, you know? They're cowards. They won't stand up for nothing. Won't stand up for nothing that they believe in. Nothing. They'll, they'll go behind okay. closed doors and talk about them, but they won't say it out in public. Mm-mm. Why? Because it hurts their it hurts their chances to get voted in office again. They're cowards. Vanessa, what say you in regards to this? Uh, you know, once again, we're looking at a situation where the chips are already stacked. We already know where it's going. Uh, we're wasting taxpayer money, right? I mean, why are we doing this? I mean. All it's going to do is make him, you know, a bigger uh, personality in the Republican Party, or should I say the Trumpkins. So, I mean, why are we doing this? Because the taxpayers, those that did not vote for him, want it to be done. We want to see his name in the history books going down as a person who was a one-term double impeached president. So though we know, though we know what is going to happen, I still think that it needs to be done. And I am glad to see it being done. And it pisses him off uh, to no end to see his name go down in the dirt like this. So, you know what? I say go for it. Nothing's going to really happen to him, but I don't think it's a waste of time. Um, And I think that this is what the people want. The ones who didn't vote for him. This is what they want. So do it. Get up there and, and let it go down in the history book as to what he did and what he didn't do. Because what he didn't do was tell people not to go and storm the Capitol, to go home with their guns. He said, you know, we love you. <laughs> he said, show them how you feel. I think all of this needs to be written. It's no long spiel. I'm done. Johnny D can take it from here, but I, I don't think it's a waste of time because I want to see it in the history book. So we all know that, you know, what's going to happen. I don't care. I don't care if those sad Republicans who have no balls to get up and speak what they want to speak in truth. They want to say it behind closed doors, just like Green. They, they really don't like what Green is doing, but who's going to go against Green? So... She's, on, she's no longer over committed, so she's going to get paid to talk trash. Ain't going to get away with it. 
So you know what? I'm kind of over all of this. These people are getting away with stuff. I'm kind of over it. I'll fight that battle, honey, in two years when, when they have to go back and start voting for stuff. So anyway, right. thank you, Katie. Well, all right. Well, there's a segue. She passed the baton to you, Johnny D. What are you? Well, I will say this right here, Jay. Not often do do we have a a difference of opinion, but I but I think the the, the commentary that was made uh, towards uh, less was a little confusing to me in the sense that the purpose of of going through with the impeachment is about the rule of law, and of course, even though the outcome may already be, you know, foreshadowed. I I don't see where it's a conflict in, in, in tongue. I don't see where it's a split tongue. So from that standpoint, I will agree uh, wholeheartedly with, with what Les is saying. It is a necessary part of the process. There has to be a standard. There has to be something that you can measure conduct with. And, and to me, this is what uh, most people may be forgetting um, in regards to a standard. Uh, what this guy did is not, it's not a riot. It's not an insurrection. Those individuals on January 6th tried to overthrow the government. They tried to change the election. They tried to take away the voice of some 80 plus million people who voted for the current president of the United States. So in essence, this was a coup d'etat. It's no different than what happened in 1966 um, when, when the first documented coup o- occurred. Um, so to, to say that, you know, it, it's irrelevant, I think it's, it's, it's shameful for all of those Individuals who say, you know what, let's just simply move on it or it doesn't matter. It does matter because it is a, a point of record. It's a point of accountability. But then also you get an opportunity for those Republicans, uh, minus the 11, who indicated that they wanted to go through with this one article. Okay, Now, we're only talking about one article, incitement of an insurrection. Now, that's clearly what he did in his language, the articulation, uh, the drive. I think as, as we see more video footage of some of those other uh, Trump cronies, it will validate everything leading up to this here. Uh, the Rudy Giuliani's and all of those persons uh, of, you know, who sat there behind that podium and rev these individuals out. The lack of law enforcement. See, all of this was staged. All of this was pre-planned so that they could storm that Capitol. And I think what some of those Republicans who who helped facilitate this days earlier with their clandestine, uh, you know, explorations throughout the Capitol, letting them know where certain people live, giving them this intelligence. I think what they really underestimated is that when you get a group of individuals who are craved with the ideology that they're going to make a difference, um, not necessarily in the election, but in race relations, that's really what that was about. 
I would imagine most of the people could care less if Trump was the president. It really was about a state of mind. It was about a condition. It was about oppressing people. It was about sitting here saying, you know what, we're white and we're right. This is really what this was about. So the reality of it is that this was a coup. Okay, so let's not call it anything less than that right there. Those who believe in the rule of law, those who believe in the Constitution, as they proclaim they do, this is part of the process. Now, will it be favorable to the facts? Probably not. I don't think that you're going to have an additional 17 um, Republican senators that's going to vote. Got to have at least the the, the 67. I, I don't envision that being an occurrence, not the way that they're towing the line, but at least you get it on record. At least you have an opportunity to, to look back on history one day, which this is going to be a shameful part of history for anyone who calls themselves a true American. And those people are going to have to stand account, maybe not in today's current climate, but there's going to come a time in history the same way you, you have all of these universities and, you know, uh, the, these these uh, institutions of higher learning that's now going back, stripping away names of, you know, Confederate soldiers and, and, and uh, plantation landowners and slave owners, you know, the, out of the 56 individuals who signed the Declaration of Independence, 41 of them owned slaves. So at some point, at some point, the truth, I'm the truth will prevail. And, and, and I will say this here. Um, like I say, the sun, the moon, and the truth will always prevail. It may be delayed in the truth, but it will. So I think that it's necessary that the impeachment take place, although I do not think that um, the article will be supported by the Republican uh, caucus and the Republican senators. All right, let's see if we get Johnny's. Uh, Johnny's audio is uh, Johnny's audio is. Uh, hold on for a second, Vanessa. Okay, hold on for one second. Let's see if we get. I don't know. We, we're hearing some. Like I said this morning, we're having some audio issues with the main uh, platform. We also have some going on with uh, Johnny D's. At least it's listening on my end. I'm not sure, but I'm getting a lot of. It's on. Something. It's on your end because I heard him. Clear. Is it okay? I heard him. Okay. 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 Well, it's on my end. I just wanted to make sure. All right. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Vanessa is confused, but before we address her confusion, you know, the president of the United States would ask was asked about uh, impeachment, and let's uh, let's hear what he has to say. Then I want to get Jerome and then Vanessa. Lisa, can we clear up your confusion before we close out the session? Online radio. It has to move forward, otherwise it would come off as farcical. It's probably not likely that to get 17 Republicans. Online radio at its best. All right, let's get Jerome's work. So I want to get him to give, give him an opportunity to talk, and then Vanessa will circle back to you and see can we clear up the confusion that you have. All right, Jerome, uh, what say you in regards to this thing, man? Uh, give us your thoughts on what's going to happen in two days. And you know, I mean, come on, we, we it's going to be a circus, but you know, hey, whatever. Talk to me. What say you? Well, well, I'm I'm trying to remember. Your question was, do, do I think do I think it's a waste and a waste of time? Well, yeah. So we, well, we already know what's going to happen. I mean, you saw what Rand Paul did. I mean, you saw what he did. I mean, and so you know, you had Republicans saying, you know, we're not going. You had all those Republicans coming out and saying that this was a procedural issue because once again, it's not about the facts; it's about procedure because they know they have not a leg to stand on. If you look at what 
actually happen. So, yeah, that's the question. Should it yeah. be done or is it a waste of time? Because we already know what the outcome is going to be. We're wasting taxpayers' money, time, and effort. What's well, don't, don't look at it like that. That's, that whole thing about wasting taxpayer money is always a silly argument to me. I mean, they're going to be there anyway. It's like it's like um, when the police arrest money and take them to court. It's like they're – the DA is in court every day anyway, so it doesn't matter. they don't care who they charge when somebody says that they're wasting their time. They're doing that as a procedure. So Congress is in session. Um, over the last four Congresses, them fools were taking unprecedented amount of vacation time. Like they were closing Congress. They weren't yeah. working. Right? So technically, yeah. let's let them do their job because the problem is history is recording something. And when when you have – you can't wait for the next president to do something and then say, well, we have no precedent on how we handle something like this. So you have to do it. And plus, when I hear people say, especially, you know, people on TV saying that they're wasting their time and the Republicans saying nonsense like he's out of office, let it go. He was impeached while he was in office. I think people seem to forget that. So he was impeached twice while he was in office. So just because he left, this is setting a precedent so that you cannot resign if you think you're going to be brought up on charges. So just because he's out of office does not escape the penalty phase of his indictment. He was already impeached. We have to go through the penalty phase because it's in the Constitution, for one. And this is not a waste of time. Because every time, you know, and I, it's Black History Month, so I'll say it from this vantage point, is that every time white folks do something, we say move on. When black folks do something, we say we need to set an example. Nobody ever likes to set an example on just being fair or set an example for justice sake. This time, the Constitution requires that a trial happen because he was impeached while he was in office. Now, the penalty phase is the issue that everybody's having, right? The only two remedies for impeachment or not the only two, but one of them is removal for office, and the second is to ban them from ever holding office. So since one of the penalties are still is still viable, there is a remedy after he's convicted. So I would like to see that once they have the impeachment trial, all the Republicans that are saying to you, oh, we're not going to vote anyway. Let's see what the public pressure is once they start revealing all of the complicity that they had into this um, insurrection to begin with, because they literally tried to take out federal government. If you do nothing, you're setting a bad precedent. So somebody's going to have to pay, you know. And and Trump is going to be. And th- and this is not even a railroad job. He kept talking reckless. And again, if you go and talk on a stage, if you're over the age of thirty. And you're talking on the stage to a bunch of youth, and they go, um, you know, smash a car. Do you know, legally, they can arrest you for that, for inciting violence. So you can't say, you can't say, you're right. So you can't say because he's president, you can't, you can't uh, bring charges because he's president. And now that he's not president, we shouldn't bring charges. That means he would have, you will never be able to charge a president. And so now somebody's going to have to make a ruling on this, and they need to figure out how they're going to handle it. Because you can't say, wait till he's out of office, and then when he's out of office, say, well, we can't do it because he's out of office. That's just dumb. 
It's an excellent, pretty yeah, dumb yeah. argument when I hear that. So I just wanted to make yeah, sure I, I put it in that term so that we understand that this is not just necessary. It is required, and we have to do it. And stop yep. looking at government's money like it's, like it's um, you know, it's our last 10 cents or something. We had a trillion-dollar tax break, so the government has not been able to bring in money. Um, once they reverse that, the government will have money back. Pretty much how it goes. That's a good point, Jerome. Good point. All right, Vanessa, listen, can we clear up your uh, confusion before we get the break? What are you confused about? Okay. Okay. Well, I just said what Jerome said, which was it needs to go before, it needs to go through the courts. It needs to be where he is impeached. It is not a waste of money. This is what the taxpayer mm-hmm. people want. It needs to go down in the history books. But but Les said, okay, um, let me get it right so Les won't holler at me. Okay, so Les said these things need to happen, but it's a waste of time. Then Johnny D said, well, I agree with Les. But then he came back and he said, but it needs to go to the court. So are y'all contradicting y'all selves by saying, no. yeah, it needs to happen, but it's a no. waste of time? Who of y'all just said that? No, so I, I, don't, I don't think so. I, I, I don't think no. so. You I, said I, I, you I agree think with that. Les. That is exactly what, what you said. Indeed. And now let me say this right here. The, the articulation of, of how it was stated was slightly different or, mis- or, or, or understood by myself. To say that it is, is necessary is so. To say that it's going to be a waste of time because they're not going to impeach him, I don't see what that's the difference. I don't because even, the I don't end result that. is that you you you're not gonna get you most likely won't get the 17 Republican senators. So so how's it a waste of time to, to draw the because conclusion know the and say already. that it's not gonna end there? I, yeah, go go ahead, Les. Go ahead. You, you, yeah, you put a with that, so y'all y'all make me understand. I don't get it. Okay, you know the outcome. That, that okay, you know the outcome already. You know what's gonna happen. Yeah. It needs to happen because it's the rule of law, and that's what I'm saying. But the Republican Party will not stand up for what's right. That's all I'm saying. We know that. They're not going to stand up for right. So, you know, is it a waste of time? Yes, it's a waste. If I know what, okay, if I go to a job interview, and that's like <laughs> me going to a job interview, and I go to a job interview and I say, and, and I've already been told I'm not going to go get the job. I'm not going to get the job, but I go anyway. Is it a waste of my time? Okay, so let me ask you this. So so let me ask you this. I'm not gonna get the job. Okay, so do you think the Democrats should not have even did it while he was still in office? Do you think that was a waste of time? Or do you think it was a waste of time if the Republicans are supposed to go next week? Which one is it? No, what I'm saying is that the Democrats are doing what they're supposed to do. You are supposed to impeach this clown for inciting a riot. I know that. But if I already know the outcome it's wasting my time. It is. You, you know these clowns are not going to go against them. They want That was already put in place with Marjorie Taylor Greene when they wouldn't even, you only had 11. I get it. 11 you are absolutely right when it comes to that. that. But if the Republicans don't go up, if they don't have their turn, what's going to say in the history book? 
that it was one-sided for the Democrats? What's going to go in the history books? Y'all have to remember that this stuff is history. This will be written for the great-great-great-grandchildren. This ain't about us. And they will, we and they will realize that the Republican Party but this is got to go down in the history books. And they were they never realized right the Republican Party is very weak, Vanessa. That's what the that's what the history part that's what the history books will say. Okay. That the Republican Party is a very weak party. That's all it's gonna say. They, and that's they, a more important part history. too. Go, hmm? I'm sorry, go ahead, Johnny. Yeah, I, no, I, I think was, to me it, it really is about schematics because I, I I think uh, that that was ultimately what what was said about this being historical. This is part of history, and history won't be kind to those who have endorsed Donald Trump in his reign. But I do think it's really about the schematics. It it was the articulation of what was said and my interpretation of what Les was saying. So I'm, I'm lockstep with the fact that due process has to take place. Do I think that the end results will result in him being impeached? Not. Because individuals are not going to be forthright in regards to their vote. Yeah, so we all, we all saying the same thing. It was just the articulation of it and the way that I interpreted what Les was saying. I kind of cut through the schematics of it and said, you know what? I understand what his end results are, that, yeah, it's a necessary thing that we must do. But at the end of the day, he won't get impeached. End of it and supported what his commentary was. So, again, it's about the schematics of it. Yeah, and and what I wanted to add to that as well is that it it is it is bigger constantly. I mean, it's bigger than just the history books as well. You have to set precedent. How court works is that when you have a case in court, they're not allowed to rule over a current precedent. And we've never had a case where somebody incited violence. So, So, for example, if I was at the Million Man March and the minister said something, and we ran up in the Capitol, I guarantee you them fools would have set some kind of precedent about making some comments from a stage to have them storm a Capitol. I guarantee it. So in this case, you need a court precedent, because if that was even set back then, then we would know what a court ruling is going to be. So it's not just the history book says, it said so that the, how the Constitution um, how you apply the Constitution is by precedent. So we already have a couple, right? There's at least six that I know of. And one is from a judge who was impeached and resigned before they had the trial. And so they said, oh, the person's gone. We need to have the trial anyway. Well, they had it, and they banned the person out of office for life because it had to be a deterrent that you cannot circumvent justice after you've been convicted, after you've been impeached. So Trump was impeached while he was in office. We already have a precedent that when you get, even if you're out of office, that trial needs to go on. And even if you see, oh, it's not going to, it's not going to matter one way or another, it has to um, be done on, according to the book that, yep, let them off, let them go on the record for letting him off. But there's there's a... Um, there's a remedy, and the remedy is that they can ban that fool from any office um, or any federal office uh, for the rest of his life, and that ban needs to be there. And so what fools like Lindsey Graham and all those guys are doing is that they're protecting Trump so he does not get that banned. That's why everybody keeps talking about how this is a waste of time. Stop letting them white folks' narrative start to take over what we're thinking. Forget that. 
The issue is is that that dude needs to be banned, and anybody who acts like him, you know, whether it's the woman in Congress or um, Gomer or whatever the guy's name in, in the Senate, those guys are going to have their trial coming too because once the, once the um, FBI finished their investigation and find out some of their staff had something to do with laying out that capital, you're going to see some more stuff come down. And so what are you going to say? Well, since if, if they resign, then we're not going to press charges against them. This is an insurrection. So all of them need to do that, and they all need to be put on notice that if you had something to do with this, even if you vote to let Trump off and we find out that you have something to do with it, you could possibly go to jail, right? So we're not talking about jail in Trump's um, particular situation. That is a state charge, and they're still weighing that. The District of Columbia is still weighing charging Trump over the insurrection as well. So this this is like this is a, a series of things that need to happen. So don't think of it as a as a um, in a vacuum because what television does is it dumbs down everything to say it's a win it's a win or lose situation every time. I know they need to fill um, news time or or television time with these silly arguments, but the silly argument kind of goes like this: If you break the law, should you go to jail? Yeah. Everybody pretty much answer that. It's, uh, I think that's a uh, I think that's a simple question. I think uh, we all know the answer. Thank you so much. Yeah, you uh, don't worry about it, Dale. I agree. February is Black History Month, and of course, like we do all year, every year, we uh, look at the accomplishments of African Americans and what they provided for society. So, you know, this year is no exception. So it's time for informative so select something that you need to know as we look at some of the great people. Our forefathers, people who have done things that look like us to help shape America and the world. We'll be right back after this stuff going forward. Dr. Patricia Bass became the first African American female doctor to receive a medical patent for her invention, the Laser Faco Probe, in 1986 for the treatment of cataracts. Dr. Bass was born in 1942 in Harlem, New York. Her parents always encouraged her to do well in school and her mother sparked her interest in science by buying her a chemistry set. Patricia continued to work hard and by age 16 had her scientific findings incorporated into a research paper by Dr. Robert Bernard, who was the chairperson of the National Science Foundation. As a result of the publicity she received, Patricia earned Mademoiselle Magazine's Merit Award in 1960. After graduating from high school in only two years, Patricia earned her bachelor's degree in 1964 from Hunter College. She pursued a medical degree from Howard University, graduating with honors in 1968. It was during her fellowship in ophthalmology at Columbia University that Dr. Bass discovered that African Americans were twice as likely to suffer blindness and eight times more likely to develop glaucoma. While interning at Harlem Hospital, she found that a high percentage of patients were blind, while the white patients at Columbia University were not. Dr. Bass realized that it was lack of ophthalmic care, which led her to help create community ophthalmology, which is practiced worldwide to offer care to those who are underserved. In 1981, 
Dr. Bass began working on the Laser FACO probe, which uses laser technology to provide less painful and more precise treatment of cataracts. Worldwide, Dr. Bass has helped to recover the eyesight in people who had been blind for 30 years or more. My name is Deshana Yamini, and this has been today's Black History Moment. Sing a song full of the faith that our dark past has taught us. My humanity is bound up in yours, for we can only be human together. Desmond Tutu. We may encounter many defeats, but we must not be defeated. Maya Angelou. I know it seems hard sometimes, but through every dark night, there's a bright day that follows. So poke your chest out, keep your head up, and handle things. Tupac Shakur. Begun. Let us march on till victory is won. Through history comes hope. Visit AfricanAmericanHistoryMonth.gov. Back here, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. You're listening to the serious side of the Jay Rouse show. Without any further ado, it's topic number two of the morning. Something has come up that was really remarkable yesterday. Alexandria Ocasio Cortez took to Instagram live last night to give a firsthand account of what she went through when domestic terrorists stormed the Capitol. She called out Republicans trying to downplay what happened and says they, you know, it brought back another personal trauma in her life. Take a look. These folks who tell us to move on, that it's not a big deal, that we should forget what's happened, or even telling us to apologize, um, these are the same tactics of abusers. This past week, Alexandria or Arcelio Cortez, I keep mentioning that name, uh, she talked about what happened to her uh, during the riots on January 6th. She also disclosed uh, during an Instagram live post that she had been sexually assaulted. Now, if you're a fan of this show and if you've been listening to, to the show for a long time, you know my feelings about her. But I wanted to uh, talk to our folks about uh, AOC, uh, about what she said, uh, her, the thoughts on it. Uh, I have my thoughts on it, but I wanted to yield the floor and hear from my colleagues. So let me start with you, Vanessa. But before I bring you in, Vanessa, let me tell everyone that uh, one beautiful lady has graced us, and I want to introduce her before I uh, move to you and get your comments, because I just want to make sure that we let her know that she is being acknowledged, the beautiful and wonderful, multi-talented 
Kathleen Williams is in the house. Good morning, Kathleen. How are you doing? Oh, good morning, everybody. I'm doing well. Thank God. How are you all? Good morning, Phil Roy. Good morning, morning, Fred. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for uh, admitting me. I hope a little bit later after this topic I can add something to the last one. Absolutely. Absolutely. You definitely can do that. And uh, just see how the board gets. It's like you have to stroll up and down. And you're trying to do all these things during the show. So definitely want to make sure yeah, you get yeah, no, here. Totally. I Absolutely. All right. No so Vanessa, let, let's uh, let's start this one off with you. Uh, she came out. She talked about what happened to her. She said that she almost died. Uh, she felt that she was going to be killed. Uh, she did an Instagram live where she actually stood up and showed us everything that had happened. And, the whole nine yards. Just, you have any thoughts on this at all? I just wanted to, because I have some thoughts on this. I know it's going to cause some issues, but that's okay. Give me your, give me your thoughts on it. I have only heard in uh, bits and pieces of uh, what she has said um, regarding right. the Capitol, but what she has said is some of the mm-hmm. same things that the others have said, is that they were terrified. People mm-hmm. are moving their offices because they don't want to be near certain people that were called out. Um, so, and for them to ask her to apologize is insane. I would not apologize to them. I, you know what, Miss Kathleen, I'm just going to bow my time over to you because you know what, I wouldn't apologize to them about Blank, blank, blank. Now let me go take a million. So I'm going to sit back. Okay. Well, Kathleen, uh, your name was thrown out there like Dave Vanessa's direct of traffic this morning. Kathleen, what say you? As to whether or not AOC should apologize? Well, I don't know. I just think the thoughts on her, period. You know, she came out. Let, let, let me do this. Let, let me do this. Let me tell you guys. I think this will get the conversation started. Let me tell you how I feel about it. And then we can start from there because I think it's not, it's disingenuous to ask you guys to comment on something when I have an opinion on it. And maybe what I need to know is what you guys think of my opinion. So maybe that should be the topic for the next 15 or 20 minutes. Let me tell you, let me give you my opinion on this. Um, I, I, you know, everyone who listens to the show knows that I'm not a big fan of this, right? And the reason why, in my opinion, is because she's a young, young congressperson and she has these ambitions of being bigger. And better, and so she has this hit list of folks that she's been looking at, right? The King Jeffries is a guy that's on her radar because she feels that he's a threat to her because she wanted to be Speaker of the House. That's that's what the reports are saying. Then all of a sudden, now she wants to uh, uh, she wants to uh, uh, go after Chuck Schumer because now you know she thinks maybe he's not doing what the squad wants him to do, and you know, and we're going to primary him. In my opinion, she's a person who just chases the media, the camera. Because let me tell you something. She was interviewed multiple times after January 6th, okay? And, you know, now, you know, she talked about how she was threatened and all this other stuff. But now she comes on Instagram and she does this thing. Oh, I thought I was going to die. And if I did, then I served my purpose. I- I'm just not a fan of hers. I'm just going to be honest with you. I just think that she is like other folks that chase cameras. And to me, she is a congressperson. And I don't think it's because of what her life lifetime work has been. So I went back and looked at her accomplishments. She really hasn't accomplished a whole lot since she's been in Congress. But at the end of the day, just serve your time. Serve your time. Your time will come. 
But that's my problem with AOC. So now, I don't give a damn how anyone else feels about it. I don't care what the listeners think. I, I don't your care. ass up. And I'm cussing today. Well, I don't care. I don't care. Jerome, Jerome, Jerome. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Okay, you can light fun. me up all you want to. I do not care have, have what fun. you say or anyone else says. Because at the end of the day, like I said, and I'm going to say it again, and then I'm going to yield the floor to Kathleen if she wants to yield it to you, then so what? I'm going to say it one more time. I don't have any problems with her trying to do from a legislative perspective. She has things she's trying to accomplish. Knock yourself out. Wait your turn. That's all I'm saying. Wait your turn. That's all I'm saying. Wow. So now, Kathleen, the floor is yours. If you want to yield to your brother, I don't give a damn. Y'all do what you're going to do. That's my opinion, <laughs> and I'm sticking to it. Well, um, I I think that it, it, I, I, I'm not going to address your opinion. What okay. I will say. So is that oh, I am. when we are <laughs> yes I'll I'll yield that <laughs> I'll yield that time I'll be quick then um, what I want to say is that um, because we have feelings you know we can have more than one feeling at a time you know we can dislike someone for something that they did but at the same time you know, like them, love them or whatever for something else that they they did or they believe or whatever. You know, it doesn't have to be either or, as they say, throw the baby out with the bathwater. So when I heard this woman talk about the sexual assault, when I heard her say, I thought I was going to die, she's not the only uh, person uh, male or female who said I was in that place and I thought I was going to die and it's, it's, it to me I think it's I think it would be um, I, I think it would be disappointing for us to mock someone who spoke about that because clearly no, we I'm not mocking hey, Kathleen, real, Kathleen real quick I'm going to let you finish but I want to make sure that we, I'm clear I don't have any problems with what she said as far as sexual abuse, okay? I, I'm not mocking that at all. Uh, and I think it's real, and I think it happened. I don't dislike her. So I want to make sure that our audience know that. I, I have no... Listen, I have a problem with what she's doing from a political standpoint. Well, it's not her view. And it's, and it's not her views, Kathleen. It's just the fact that I think that she's trying to jump the line. You, you yielded your time to me. So it's I, yours. I just, yeah, I just want to finish. Because when when and and this is this is for the audience this is for the audience because i totally believe you that you're not mocking her but when you said you you said a moment ago i thought it was gonna done you had that little voice that was mocking so for the audience's purpose i think it's important that you come back and say that so that's why i wanted to put it out there because as i was listening i was like oh that you know i i i don't I, I, I don't feel that we should ever go there. So she did say that, and we heard the insurrectionists chanting, where is she, where is she? And they were outside her office. So if they had found her, she might be dead. There were other people that died that day. So um, I, I, think that, I think that that part of it is really important. Um, with regards to her ambitions, 
and her uh, going after Jeffries or Schumer or whatever. I can't speak on that. I'm going to yield that to Jerome. But I do have a question. I wonder if we would have the same feelings about her if she were a man. Because we know that this is how men operate and have operated for years. When they have their ambitions and they go after somebody and they speak it and they're strong, they're um, complimented and heralded. But when a woman does it, she's cut down. And so, you know, absent her politics, I think that it's also important for, just like we say, if those insurrectionists have been black, and like uh, Jerome said earlier, if that had happened at the Million Man March, and then a million black men started to walk toward, take one step or five steps towards the, t- the capital, and everyone knew that that was their direction, and or that even if they knew that was their direction before they got there, which people, the intel said that they were going to do that, that march either would have never happened or we would still be having annual um annual uh, days where we are honoring all the men that we lost at that march, where that's not happening with these insurrectionists. So we say it about that, and I feel compelled to say it about a woman as well. Fair enough. Uh, now, hold up. Before whoever speaks next, hold on for a second. When you say this, I, I wouldn't care if she was a man or a woman. I just think you need to wait your turn. Uh, I'm pro-black. And at the end of the day, when you have people on your hit list because you're trying to get to a certain part of your career, once again, if it had been a man, I could care less. Just state my case. So now the floor is open to whoever wants to take the, the, the microphone. Well, I'll take it. Hey, um, me, let me ask you a question real quick. Yes, sir. Before Barack Obama ran for president, what did he accomplish? He was a community organizer, Mr. Elias. You want to go? You want to go no, there? No, 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 no. What did he? What did he? What did he accomplish in Washington D.C.? He was a community organizer. His life's work showed what he tried to do. Oh my God! You want to ask me a question? You want to ask me a question, or are you going to let me I'm answer? Or you want to talk off? He was a community, was a community organizer in, in, in Chicago, not in Washington D.C. Okay. What did he accomplish as a senator? And, and, and DC before he ran for president. Well, let me ask. Let me ask you. A, let me ask you a question. What Answer did AOC question, accomplish? Hold on. Hold on. Let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. No. 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 Hold on. Stop. Let me ask you this. Answer my question first. You know what, Mr. Elias? Mr. Elias, I'm going to tell you this. Hold on. I'm going to answer your question. I don't know what President Obama did before because I didn't. I didn't look that up before the show. So I will do that for you and come back and answer that question. Do you know the answer to the question? What did he do? And then you know what. He didn't accomplish much because after his because the, they told him the same oh, thing right. that you're telling the AOC. Yes, you, you asked me they a question. You don't want to answer to your own question. They told him the way he didn't accomplish much. I'm telling it's you. The let let me ask you a question. Okay, so did Barack Obama? Did Barack Obama have a? Okay, did Barack Obama have a hit list of folks that he was trying to get, trying to step with him to get to where he had to go? Yes or no? Yes or no? Yes or no? Yes or no? Yes. Who did he step on, Mr. Elias? Who was on his hit list? Oh, ask the people that were running for president. Oh, okay. Oh, those were his competitors, Mr. Elias. They were his competitors. Oh, my goodness. Okay, fine. Point well taken. We agree to disagree. Who's next? It's way that turn. 
Wave her tongue. Okay. Come on, yeah. man. If she's got, what's wrong with ambition? What's wrong with okay. her wanting to see her party become stronger? Because the Democrats okay. are weak. They are weak. Okay. And we all know that. What's I disagree with you. Being strong? Hell, Nothing wrong with it being strong. Never talked about her not being strong. Then, then, then what's the problem? She should wait her turn. She had to sit there for 20 years. My problem years. is she's going after an African-American representative to get to where she has to go. People that are close to her said this, said she has a list of folks that she's trying to go after. Okay? So now, I don't care about you being strong. You can have all the ambitions in the world, but don't have a hit list of folks. Come on, man, stop. I disagree with you, but point taken. Uh, I disagree with you. I disagree well, with you. That's, that's why we live in America. I disagree Good for you. I disagree with you. Oh, I no problem. I don't have a problem with that. Okay, who's next? Mock this woman like you did. Oh, I'm not mocking anything. You can turn it to whatever you want to turn it to. Whatever. Yeah, I have my opinion. I'm, I'm, like I'm sticking to you. Because you don't like her. Because you don't like her. That's I said I am not a fan of her. Go back and look at the transcript. Because you don't like her. That's the reason. You okay, don't like sure. her because she speaks her mind. Get out of here with oh, that crap. Thank you, Mr. Elias, for your comments. Who's next? <laughs> yeah, thank you for yours, too. Thank you for your comments. No problem. Who's next? No problem. You're right. No problem. Let's stop at the hour. Let's go. Let's go, guys. we got two minutes left in this segment. Everybody wants some. Come get it. I'll let, I'll let Vanessa go. I'll go with Vanessa. I know she was trying to get in. Go ahead, Vanessa. No, I'm not. No, oh, I thought you tried to get in last time. Okay. I think this is hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, and, Jerome. And Jerome, if Jerome, if it's okay, I, I'll go. Then go I, ahead. We'll let you close out the segment. If that's okay. Okay. Yep. Um, uh, I, I will say this right here. Um, the the specific question and the broader question was, I thought was about her commentary. Now, of course, Jay made his re- reflections, and 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 it is what it is. Um, I share some of his views in re- in regards to the ambition. Um, but I, I I believe in the right of, of her being able to say what she said. But now let's talk about the threat that, that was imposed on her and everybody else that was working on that day at the Capitol, not not those individuals that, that was there to overthrow the government, okay? There was a real threat that was imposed, and five individuals lost their lives. Four of them were enemy combatants, okay? Four of them were enemy combatants. Collateral damage, but you had one hero, a federal officer lost his life. So the belief by the other representatives and senators was real, okay? Those individuals came there to do harm. That's, that's known. You can see the, dis, the destruction and the disruption that they left and the mayhem that they left. And you could see how they approached and stormed the building. They were hurting anybody and everybody. So I, her, 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 her fear for her life and her existence is real. And, and I'll speak on that there. Uh, her ambitions is what it is. I think we all have our desires and how we go about obtaining them. Sometimes it's not going to be in the best interest of all. Um, like I say, she, she's a young lady who is ambitious. She didn't get where she has gotten not having a plan on how she needs to advance her her, her career and, and her her future in politics. So, you know, to each his own there. But as far as what she said about 
you know, the banging and what she felt in regards to the fear for her life, I think that that's real. It's substance, whether she said it in the first interview, the second interview, or the third interview. Really? Those individuals came there to harm and do destruction. And if they had been able to get a Maxine Waters or a AOC or, or the young lady out of Minneapolis, I think that they would have done some irreparable damage to them physically and mentally and emotionally. So from that standpoint, I, I, I have to, to share her sentiment that she had all the right in the world to feel that way. Sounds good. Now, let's clip, let's... Charges? What'd you say, Vanessa? Why has anybody filed charges for her threatening a bullet in Nancy Pelosi's head and threatening AOC and the other lady? Why hasn't anybody filed any charges on this lady? That's the next. You're talking about the next topic. That's Marjorie Taylor Greene. We're talking about AOC Ooh, right now. Just, okay. It's, it's oh. just for the. Okay, and just for the record, uh, they come to find out they confirmed that the beating on her door were Capitol Police officers trying to find her to get her, get her to safety. All right, Jerome, close it out for us so we can get the commercial. Okay, so, um, man, I don't know where to start now, but um, Johnny's right that, um, you know, we need to stop getting sidetracked. Just from what she said and, and disliking her on her policies is crazy. We're mixing them into the same show, and... Um, so it sounds like we're fighting. But the the problem is, is that hating her, I never understood anybody who dislikes her. It is it's crazy to me. Oh, because I don't like her. Well, you you cannot like her. I don't like a lot of people she had on her list. Like that's not that's not a reason to hate somebody. Right? So if if you have a party Don't you think hate is a strong word though, Jerome? Don't you think hate Yeah, it is it is, is a, a strong it is a word. word. It is really a strong word, but here's the thing, is that when you get into politics, and we tell people this all the time, you know, if you feel compassionate, run for office. She felt passionate, she wanted to get somebody out of office, she ran for it. She took out the number three guy in, in the Democratic Party, you know, as far as seniority is concerned, to win in Queens. So to know what she did on the ground is crazy to even compare them and Obama and, and having all of that kind of um, conversation. It doesn't matter. If you if you want to run for office, you know put your put your boots on and, and make it happen. Just go do it. And she had uh, she has a brand of, um, of of policies that people act like they don't like. It's almost like saying, you know, when someone says, "Oh, I hate her for the Green New Deal," which is stupid because the black woman who actually wrote the Green New Deal was from a different institute. She saw the study that they did, and she says, "Hey, we should go in this direction." But saying that that was her idea is crazy, right? Hating anybody and not knowing them is crazy. And I don't know why anybody hate her, right? Because if you hate, if you cannot look at Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham and all those guys who are blatantly have contradicted themselves, but you hate her because she want to feed people and stuff, I don't, I don't even know where that comes from. But just to say that, you know, Kathleen, to Kathleen's point. Women are not put uh, They're put on a different scrutiny Because they're ambitious But she did not Want to go out and hurt or kill nobody She wants to change leadership Which we all want to change leadership I'm in New York State Most people don't like Schumer Right? It just depends on who runs against them Whether you put somebody up against them I don't like Hakeem Jeffries Right? I think he's a company man 
So he he actually backed away from policies that will move us forward. I think Susan Sarandon so was okay. And she's not a politician. Life, but but Susan Sarandon said Biden promised two thousand dollars when he got there, not 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 fourteen hundred dollars. So the Democrats should be pressing on putting two thousand dollars up there because the problem is is that people are not seeing this as simplistically as they should. So if you have a child in your house and you say, hey, if you get an A in biology, I'll give you two hundred dollars, and they get an A. But their father gives them 50. You can't say, no, I'm just going to give you 150 because your father gave you 50. You probably take $200 from you. Right? We need to start cutting back through the politics of convenience and comfort because this country is not changing if you don't do that. This place is extremely racist and it's embedded in white supremacy. And we need to do everything that we can to push the, the, um, push the needle farther. Hating her is actually feeding into a narrative that we um, we let hate drive us more than we have unity bind us. And we have to be really careful about that. AOC is not, even that whole term, the squad, that is a whole, like, they called themselves that, and they had marketing for two years about how much you can kind of hate them. They are not saying anything that goes against um, black folks or go against this country at all. Anything that's undemocratic, nothing. Oh, you should hate Joe Manchin for holding up everything because he's siding with the Republicans. If that's the case, if it's a case of politics. But nobody says they hate Joe Manchin. Nobody says that they hate a lot of those guys who, who actually held stuff up. But her, everybody seems to be emotional about her for some reason. And I, you know, just because I don't, I don't know what that is. But just hating her or um, Omar or any of the other Congress people who have been labeled the squad is crazy. You know, Obama has not done right by black folks across the board, right? But nobody goes out and say they hate Obama. Yeah, there's things that he hasn't done that he hasn't paid attention to and, and he ignored and all of that stuff. I can criticize and critique him all day. But me saying that I hate him is crazy. He's, he's great. He's a great symbol. We have to control our emotions when it comes to that. And, and she, we can't add to the energy that's going to get that woman hurt. And I said that woman on purpose. Because as a female, yeah. you should be a little bit more protective than, of that. But we're creating a climate that's hostile. And we need to be careful about creating hostile climate for our folks. But why, so they, is they it, the most. why is it that you don't like somebody you say dislike, but one of us say we don't we dislike somebody you say it's hate? And I've counted three times that you just said it. Wait a minute. I, I say I say it again. Can you repeat that? You said that some people dislike Schumer and blah 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 blah. But you were saying people that you don't like. You all your words was dislike, but because. Me and Jay say we don't necessarily like o- uh, AOC or whatever her name is. You call it hate. It, no, because it come, because no, 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 because I counted three times that you did it. No, no, you can count it all you want to. What I'm saying to you yeah, is that. Yeah, I did. Okay, Vanessa, you're being a little hostile. So here's the no, thing. No, I'm not. You are. Stop saying hate. It's not hate. It's okay, dislike. so disliking her, disliking her. 
Thank with you. energy of hate. How about that? Because I, this is not the first time that y'all have both gone on really long rants about AOC. That's not the first time. That's all I'm saying. Is like, there's like that we can dislike about her. I don't. I don't like her. I'm just saying it's just disrespectful for us to put a lot of energy into her when we're focusing on something else. It shows how easily we're sidetracked, right? So she talks about her being sexually assaulted, and we're still talking about the fact that we hate her policies. That's no, We cannot keep mixing this stuff. That's all I'm saying. That's, that's, right. not, that's not reasonable. We're creating a climate that's creating hostility toward her. That's what I'm saying. All right, we're, we're way over. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven. We're gonna step out uh, and take a break. And just for the record, well, you know what? I'll just say that for my final thoughts. I'm not gonna give any more thinking. We'll talk about it. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's a serious side. Uh, we'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere. Keep it right here. The serious side continues after a short break. When I was diagnosed with breast cancer, both of my daughters were pregnant, and everything I was looking forward to turned into everything I was going to miss. First words, first steps, being there for my grandchildren, for my daughters. Today, those babies are three. I'm with them all the time. I don't know what's next, but I know I'm here today. My name is Alanthea Pena, and I'm Susan G. Coleman.
document, they will say that President Trump's responsibility for the riots on January 6th is unmistakable. It goes on to say that President Trump's conduct must be declared unacceptable in the clearest and most unequivocal terms. This is not a partisan matter. His actions directly threatened the very foundation on which all other political debates and disagreements unfold. Something has come up that was really remarkable yesterday. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez took to Instagram live last night to give a first-hand account of what she went through when domestic terrorists stormed the Capitol. She called out Republicans trying to downplay what happened and says they, you know, it brought back another personal trauma in her life. Take a look. These folks who tell us to move on, that it's not a big deal, that we should forget what's happened, or even telling us to apologize, um, these are the same tactics of abusers. Welcome back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's a serious out on a beautiful Sunday morning. Thank you guys for being in the house. As always, let me say good morning to my fam. Vanessa, good morning. How are you? I'm good. Getting ready for communion. How's everybody? Everybody's doing swell. Oh, my other sisters in the house are very lovely and beautiful. Kathleen Williams. Good morning, Kathleen. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Good morning, everybody. Johnny D is in the place to be. Good morning, John. How are you, sir? Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. My brother from another mother, Mr. Jerome Street, is in the hizzy as well. Good morning, Jerome, man. How you be? Hey, good, man. Good. How you doing? Doing outstanding. And the man who gets the first and last word, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S is in the house. Good morning, Mr. Elias. Good morning, good morning. Good morning, Kathleen Wrong. Good morning, Vanessa Wrong. Good morning, Rich Sisters Wrong. Good morning, Mariana Music Wrong. Good morning, Momo B. Wrong. Good morning, my brother Hawk, and good morning, my brother Jerome. Good morning, Silly, friends. Silly, can, can we say hello to some people in the chat room if you don't mind? Yeah, we got uh, Anon in there. We got, of course, we got Rich Sisters in there with us. Uh, and we got, of course, Covina Man in there. And racist ass Bobo Bright, you know, he he's he got his ass in there. You know how that goes, his racist ass. And uh Mary Music that I of course you know, 
Uh, that was Little Things by uh, Indiana uh, Ari. All right. Uh, That's right. Thank you, Celia. Speaking of Mariana Music, she is in the house. Jenny B's in the house. The pastor's in the house. Uh, Rachel, always in the house. What's going on, Rachel? What you call it? We're talking to you. Uh, who is this? Uh, LaVita is in the house. That's a cool name. Dick. Jario, did I say that right? Jario, I'm sorry if I put you your name, bro. I mean, R-O-T-B-T-B. Anyway, so many people listen to Cindy. Let me stick to some of these easy names. Betty, <laughs> Gladys, Ricky. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you so much for being a part of my morning. 347-850-1272 is the calling number. It is the serious side. It is time for, uh, oh, listen, you know what? Speaking of family, well, like Momo B is trying to get in here. Let's bring in Momo B's in. He's a good morning, Momo B. What's going on, man? How are you? Hey, good morning, everybody. I good morning, Momo. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. Y'all got some anger. I hear angry. You know, I'm going to raise my hand when I hear anger. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh. This is so I think it's angry. I, I think it's angry, Momo. Nobody has breakfast. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh. I had to grab my phone. I'm like, where is it? Because I'd be having a speaker and playing. And I, I was like, wait a minute. Everybody's thirsty today. I was like, okay, okay. This is what I live for. But now I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. You know, y'all told me out there. And you reached into me. <laughs> Girl, you are nuts. All right, Mama B, what you got to say, girl, before we get to this third topic? I ain't got Go nothing yours. to say. But... Oh, damn. Oh, okay, we just, all right. <laughs> well, you're here, fam. Come on in, Momo. All right, let's get into the third topic of the morning. You're crazy, girl. The yeas are 230, and the nays are 199. The resolution is adopted. In a mostly party-line vote, the House stripped Georgia Republican Marjorie Taylor Greene from her committee assignments. I will be protecting freedom of speech. Greene, who previously spread hateful and violent conspiracy theories, Mrs. Green. tried Thursday to walk back her controversial comments. These school shootings are absolutely real. I also want to tell you 9-11 absolutely happened. I remember that day crying all day long watching it on the news. But for Democrats, it was too little, too late. We are dealing with conduct that brings shame on this House. This is not about party. It's about whether or not you will vote for decency and truth. While many Republicans disavowed her comments, they argued the opposition removing a member from committees could now be on the table when Republicans take power. Everyone has said things they wish they didn't say. Everyone has done things they wish they didn't do. So who's next? Following the vote, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez took to the floor for an hour with fellow lawmakers to share personal accounts from the Capitol siege. 29 days ago, the glass in and around this very chamber was shattered by gunshots, clubs, by individuals seeking to restrain and murder members of Congress, duly elected to carry out the duties of their office. Michigan's Rashida Tlaib broke down in tears while describing how she fears for her staff's safety. And I worry every day for their lives because of this rhetoric. I never thought that they would feel unsafe here. 
So it's been done. Uh, the Democrats stepped up and did what the Republicans refused to do. They stripped Marjorie Taylor Greene of her committees. And so now she's just walking around getting paid to, uh, you know, just uh, to uh, spread rhetoric and, uh, and to fundraise. And so let's start right there. And Johnny, let me, let me, let me get this and kick in uh, with you, if you don't mind. Um, as we look at what the Democrats did, if you heard the report, it talked about how this could be a slippery slope because now when the next person, the next Speaker of the House, or when the next majority rules uh, the House of Representatives, they can pretty much do the same thing, which was ironic about this whole thing is this stuff. The fact that you, only, you had 11 Republicans vote to strip over a committee, but you had 61 <laughs> Republicans vote to remove uh, Senator, I mean, Representative Cheney from her post because she spoke out against the president. Uh, where do you see this nation going? Because as far as I know, as far as I can see, my personal p- opinion, I'll take a point of privilege here to say this, I don't see this getting rectified any time soon. The Republican Party has a civil war going on, and I'm just going to sit back and grab my popcorn and watch. What say you about what happened to uh, Representative Green this past week? Right, Jay, let, let me start off by first saying this right here. It's not just the Republican Party. It's, it's America. America is at war with one another, and it's the haves and the have-nots. The one thing that is common is it is an, it's an economic, but it's also a racial inequality situation. As far as this Representative Green and the hypocrisy, the continuous hypocrisy of the Republican Party, if you remember a couple of years ago with with with, with uh, Stephen King, um, yeah. So the, the truth of the matter is, these things have happened before, where he was censored and removed from a committee because of his outlandish uh, commentary. Now, of course, under the under the guise of Donald Trump and his leadership, it really is about this base. Um, they don't have to change because they understand that at least a third of the American public agrees with their sentiment, so they don't feel like they have mm. to change. And, you know, whether or not she has anything to do other than set back and, and, and draw up these, these, these lies, it's not no conspiracy. These are just flat out blatant lies in order to get some type of attention. It's amazing how now all of a sudden she believes in 9-11 and, and you know, um, university and school shootings. And then the very next day she came right back out and condemned the whole process again. So the hypocrisy of it all it's, it's, it's too much to bear. Uh, like I say, where we are as a country, we are at a divide. But again, I believe this here. I believe that we are at the end of days. When you, when you look at the calamities, uh, mm. we are at the end of the days. And I think this is a culmination of just the, 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 the racial, the economic, and social divides that's here in America. So it goes beyond the Republican Party. They'll lock on for their particular causes. And again, what surprised me was 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 Cheney, um, how they went after her, you know, so so openly and so blatantly. You know, I thought the first one or two that, that put themselves out there would eventually quail down. But, you know, it's 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 it truly is a Trump Republican Party and they are all about conquer and divide. 
So whether or not she's she's representing her her 14th district in Georgia, you know, and I'm gonna say this and I'm in. It really speaks loudly about her constituents because the more I've read about her plight to get to the house, the more I understood that there were other individuals that was truly conservative Republicans. And for, for her to come out in that district, you, you know, you have to look at the people who have to live in that community with those with those persons, uh, that Rome, Georgia, that Southern Georgia, that area down there, I mean, that has got to be chaotic for any minority or any person that's down there just simply just trying to be a good-natured person to have people who support that type of ideology. Yeah, it's it's a sad thing. You know, he brought up something about end of days, Vanessa, and as you head off the church, he's not the first person that said that to me, uh, that, uh, you know, this looks like uh, the end of days based on what's going on with the country. You know, you have Russia doing what they're doing. You have all these things that are happening nationwide. What say you in regards to that aspect of it? The fact that what's going on could mean the end of days if you are a person who believes in the Bible and believes in, uh, you know, if you read Genesis and the whole nine yards. What say you in regards to that? Specific angle of what Johnny you said. Hmm. Me? Oh uh, yeah, you're Vanessa. <laughs> okay. Well, I didn't hear the name. I just walked in on that other part. You know what? I think that. Let me say what comment I don't like. I don't like when they said that because Republicans get in the house in the house that they're going to start doing the same thing to us. I guess I would take that as a threat, but then I guess we would all know that it's going to happen, that they were already doing this kind of stuff. As a Christian, I just think that we need to do what is right for the country. I think that somebody needs to take control of this green lady because she's out of control, that she is inciting people to do stuff to Pelosi now. I, you know, I don't like what this country's doing. And all I can do is continue to pray for this country. And I know people don't necessarily like what I say, and I'm praying for that too. But we can't, we can't let this hatred that's going on in the country rub off to say that we're spreading hate. The Republicans are doing a good job without the Democrats opening their mouth. And I think that everybody on the panel can agree with me on that. So I, I don't know. All I can say is I don't get up in the cold and tired and go to church and pray for this country for nothing. I don't. So I'm just going to continue to pray for the country and hope that it gets better, but I don't see it getting better. I, that's, just wow, that's, that's sad that, That's really sad But you know I think a lot of people feel the same way Kathleen They don't see where the country Is going to turn the corner How can they get past What Trump has left This guy is in Mar- you know, he's in Florida Chilling you know Writing letters to the, to the to SAG <laughs> I mean This is a joke And when you think about this It's like oh my god Has this really happened in our country 
And when you watch President Biden stand up and, you know, and denounce things that are going on in the world, and when you see the daily press briefings happen, happening on a daily basis, and you see officials coming out and doing what officials do, it's like, wow. To me, it's like Trump never existed. But I'm not naive to sit here and think that and say that, okay, he hasn't left the mark. But unfortunately, the mark that he's left, Kathleen, is going to be something that this country still have to wrestle with for a long time. Let's say you regards to this. Well, I I say something that I you know, I've heard quite a quite a few other people say and I'm I am in lockstep agreement with them that it is not enough for us to and I, when I say us I don't mean us here on the, the J Ross show, the serious side. I mean for the for those of us in power in the country to look back at the Trump era and say, you know, like, thank God it's over. Because, you know, we heard a lot of people saying that, let's just move forward, all of that. You know, it still it baffles me that um, when you take a political office or, as we were speaking about um, uh, Green earlier, that she's removed from her committee her committee assignments, but basically now she's able to be there and, and be paid for not working. So if any of us, if you look at that poster of her with a shotgun headed towards the other three colleagues of hers, uh, Congresswomen, if you were in any job, any job, you know, a teacher, a healthcare worker, a home care worker, a police per, a policeman, an architect, whatever, and you put up a poster like that of you holding a shotgun towards the um, three other people of equal stature to you, you would be fired, fired, terminated, no pay, and then there would be all kinds of hell to pay mm-hmm. as a result of that. Mm-hmm. But we look at one of the highest held positions, somebody who represents millions, maybe, I don't know how many people are in her, her, her how many constituents she has, of people who is allowed to do that, get away with it, then get taken off of the assignments that she's there basically to work. Part of the reason that she's there. They are all responsible for working on committees. So they take her off committee assignments. Thank God, though. I'm not saying they shouldn't thank God. But why isn't she out? That's got to be the next step. That's got to be the impeachment, which brings me to um, what I wanted to say in the earlier segment, that impeachment is absolutely essential of, of Donald Trump. It has to, the um, the proceedings need to take place. We have to continue to set that precedent that they take place after someone leaves office. Because if we don't, it's not just about him. It's about anybody in any public office and any president to follow who doesn't think that they can in their last months in office, because it would take the, the, uh, the House and the Senate too long to impeach them while they were there, they can just carry on like crazy and do illegal things, crazy things, incite riots, incite insurrection against the Capitol if they lose an election and then walk off scot-free and go smoke a cigar and laugh about it. 
we have to insist that it's essential. It is not a waste of time because whoever votes against it, they need to be known to the people so that the people on the ground can take steps to make sure that those folks are not reelected again. So I, I just throw, I put that in. I, I feel very passionate about that. I'm not angry. I'm, I am a little hangry, though, I'll tell you that. Um, but I just wanted to share that as well. Okay. Well said. All right. Um, you know, Jerome, um, I told you y'all were angry. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Go to the south. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? what? It's important. We should be angry. You know, we should be. We should be yeah, fired. And up. I am. Every day I wake up, I'm angry. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you, Momo B. All right, uh, Jerome, let me ask you a question, man. Now, now, the fact Can I use that Momo B as my anger translator too. Cause... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need. Yes, you can. Thank you, Momo. <laughs> I heard you call. I heard everybody. Hey, on, Jay. I heard it. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Oh my God, you stop. All right, so, okay, Jerome, now, let me ask you something. So, and I didn't know this until this happened with this vote. Um, the fact that she's not on committee. So, if she's not on committees, exactly what will she be doing while she's uh, in Congress? Well, that is a good question. That would be nothing, Chuck, for 200. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> because wow. how... Congress works is that you hire, you elect a congressman to represent your district to help bring resources or leverage to your area. And if you don't sit on a committee, that means nobody's lobbying to you. That means you can't fundraise because who is going to give you money because you cannot lobby on their behalf. So if you have a congressman that's ineffective, that's a, a congressman who does not have any pull in any of the committees. So the only thing that she can do while she's there is vote on bills that come up in front of everybody. But she won't be able to add anything. She won't be able to amend anything. Like, I mean, you could do amendments. That's when they come in the bigger thing. But she won't sit on the committees that allow them to do amendments or make any kind of changes or anything like that. She'll just be there to vote. She's a staffer, essentially, with a vote. Wow. But Jerome, she so, is making money though. She's fundraising right now. People are yes. contributing to yeah. Right, because you know, but that's that's what um that's what white supremacy and racism buys us in this country. I don't know if you saw the story where the guy who um was a country singer said the N word, they caught him on camera this week. And yeah. um so he came out and apologized, but his his album went number one on Billboard. Oh, wow. He apologized, his manager dropped him He did all of this other stuff And white folks went out and bought his music Because they didn't care that he said it I mean they bought it because he did say it That's the world we're living in And that's where anger needs to come from From black folks We cannot keep putting our guard down To say oh at least he apologized Because now he got a bunch of money She apologizes Now people are fundraising on the fact that she is racist Being racist being racist is um, there is a constituency for being racist or white supremacist. Obviously, in this country, you represent the white supremacist vote. 
Let's check this out, though. But here's the thing that that uh, here's the thing, Mr. Elias, that that really gets me. And I know what you're going to say, I think, but it just seems to me that it's just a different climate. Here is here it is. Where have these people been? I mean, it's like they, they've always been here, but it's like now we don't give a damn that you know we feel this way about you. And it's just how are they able to stay so silent, even though we did, you know, we've seen it now. We've seen what's been going on with police brutality and the whole nine yards. But I have to admit, in my lifetime, I haven't seen this type of stuff uh, since I've been around. And so where have these people been? How can, how can they have been so dormant that all of a sudden, bam, here we are? Trump. They've, they've been there all the time. They, 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 I know. changed with that, Jay. They have been there. I, I, I've experienced it at my job, you know, constantly. You know, I'm, I'm a steward there, and, I, 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 and the, you know, I got, I got elected by the union, and, and these cats said, there's no way we want this nigga to be in charge of us. Well, guess what? You ain't got nothing to say now what? This is, this is, I mean, they, they wouldn't say it to my face. Of course, they never would say it to my face because this is who they are. You know, when, when, when you know, I, I heard when 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 Trump got elected, we finally got that 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 monkey woman out of office. Now we got a good-looking first lady. I heard all this stuff. They wouldn't say it to my face. They stay behind closed doors. You know, this is they they've always been there. They've always been there. You know, and they're they're smiling your face and stabbing you in the back. This is this is who they are. But you know, those people like that, like we're seeing them, those insurrectionists and those militias, they've always been there. There's nothing new about that. So you had Timothy McVeigh who uh, blew up the the, uh, the the Capitol, not the Capitol, but the uh, government building in, in Oklahoma, and he was out, he was a militia. He's out of militia out of uh, Michigan. So I mean, this yeah. is, they, they've always been there. They've been planning this for the longest. There's nothing been new. Planning this for the longest. Yeah, they, yeah. So they the group, the federal building in Oklahoma. Yeah. Yes. They've always said that Timothy McVeigh blew the, uh, 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 the federal building up in Oklahoma in what year? 90 uh, what? They, they, was that 90, in, uh, it, it was 92, wasn't it? Wasn't it in 92 or something like that? Clinton was yeah, still president, so maybe it was, yeah, it was in the 90s, maybe 93 or 4, something like that. I can't remember. He was, part anyway. of a, he was a part of a bigger militia. He was part of a militia group in Michigan. These people have, man, they, they, they've not gone anywhere. Trump just gave them the credit to come out. But they've always been there. The militia group, they man, please, these cats are they are there, they're, and they're not, they're not, they're they gonna keep doing what they do. You know, we got them, in, you know, we got them in the chat room. The bubble brand is he's one of them cats that's a Q and I got to be a Q and I supporter because I look at all the stuff that he posts in there. He's a Q and I supporter. This is how dumb they are. They believe that all that stuff the Q and I is saying. So. It yeah, but you keep giving them a platform by keep saying the same. But you said something, Mr. Elias. I thought you were going to go with this because you said something, then you would say this at the end. They wouldn't say it to my face, but they said behind closed doors. Then you said it again. So I thought you was going to do it a third time and say they wouldn't say it in their face, but they'd say it behind, and then we would say closed doors. I thought you were going to go with that, my man. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. All right, so look, here's the deal with this lady. You know, and by the way, let me make a correction to what Kathleen said earlier because I want to make sure we understand she was holding an AR-15. 
That's way more powerful than a dang old shotgun. Mm-hmm. It's AR-15. Yeah. So let's make yeah. sure that we put it out there the way it's supposed to be. These are the people that are in Congress. She's not the only one, uh, Johnny D, that's in Congress that was that, that believes in this nonsense. Who's the other uh, uh, representative that has the dark hair and the dark black? What's, I can't remember her name. She's another one that got voted in. And it's like they're putting these people in Congress. And, you know, do you think the fact that the Democrats, by stripping her of her committee, you know, once again, are they, are they setting a slippery, is this a slippery slope that they're putting in place? The fact that here we are now, so anytime someone gets that mantle, they can say, okay, let's get rid of this person. Because and think about how dangerous this is. And I want to remind you of something that happened back during the Obama administration. I remember, we played it on this show, when we talked about how all these Republicans were coming after President Obama. And I remember Republicans saying that he should have been impeached for wearing a tan suit in the White House. So now, by saying that this woman, by stripping her of her committee assignments, when you get some cuckoo in there like Kevin McCartney with his weak spine and tail, are we looking at a situation where this can be dangerous and now you get these stupid people to put people out of office just because they don't agree with something that they say? Strip them of their committees because of what has happened with this Marjorie Taylor Greene lady. Well, two, two things I, I want to do. Uh, with Timothy McVeigh, 1995, Oklahoma City, uh, 168. So, you know, the posse comitatus, uh, oath keepers, all of those individuals uh, certainly have been on a rise since the early 1990s. Uh, The young lady Mm -hmm. that you were talking about is uh, out of Colorado that was elected. She's a a QAnon supporter of the mm-hmm. representative Bobart. Uh, I can't think of her first name, but it's Bobart, but uh, she's out okay. of uh, Colorado. Uh, there, there is a real threat and a real sentiment, uh, as, as Jerome indicated about the, the country singer. You know, it wasn't about the fact that, that, that his artistry, it was about the fact that he was blatantly racist, and that's where the support comes in that the fundraising has not necessarily picked up within uh, Green's, the state of Georgia. It's been a national uh, fundraising effort for her. So, you know, people are basically setting back saying, you know what, this is our time. You know, all of this undergirth and these sentiments really started and this boldness really started with the election of President Obama. Um, you know, that's when I remember I was like, boy, these, these jokers is just bold. And w- when Trump came on, it just made it even more broader because he made it publicly acceptable to say, you know what, hey, I am who I am. You know, again, this make America great type of sentiment and and and, and, and rhetoric that, that he was, you know, rummaging up. So it, it is it's just a troubling time where people are just a little bit more broader and, and bolder and brasher. Um not understanding the the uh, they understand what their actions are, but they don't necessarily understand the long term effects. Because mind you, that that these terrorist countries and these domestic terrorists will ultimately be and could be the demise 
of America because you best believe the folks in Yemen, Al Qaeda, and Boko Haram, and 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 um, in Africa, Somalia, these these countries and, and these terrorists, these international terrorist organizations are still they still have one appetite, and that's Western, and that's the Western world, and that's the United States. That is the symbolism of quote unquote democracy. So it's going to always be an imposition. And then when you get these 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 conspiracies and these liars. Like this young lady here who's just trying to drum up enough support so that she can be elected and financially gain, then we are, we are just in, in a real microcosm of, of animosity, anguish, and it's not going to be, it's not going to be a, a good result um, in the next few years. Like I, I'm going to be as optimistic as I possibly can and, and pray every single day, but we are in some troubling times, you know. Um, I look at this week here um, and, and, and some of the articles that, that I received, and I look at the number of law enforcement officers that was killed and, and, and shot this week right here. All of this stuff is being just simply amplified because everybody is just so angered, and they believe that their cause is the ultimate cause, and what they believe is what they believe, and don't you try to impose on it, or I will give you the final common denominator it's just some real troubling times that we're dealing with and um, like I say there's no excuse for um, the Boberts and the Greens of the world and also those individuals like McCarthy who support the foolishness yeah it's foolishness at the highest uh, at the highest level All right, it's 30 seconds man last word close us out well like the bottom line is this man she needs to have that she needs to be stripped of her uh her duties, man. Because I mean, why would you put on education? Really? You you track down a, a a kid from the Parkland shooting and and harassed him, and then you put on education. You just want to talk about hypocrisy? There it is, and and it's best. This woman is a, a man. Look, she you got a right to believe whatever you want to believe, but don't don't bring it to like like Kathleen said. You you're bringing this this to work with you. How many of you work with somebody like that? I would. Yeah, it's so hey. sad. All right. All right, we got to get out of here. All right, uh, we'll be right back after this chat box. Sarah Thomas is making history once again today. The NFL's first full-time female official will be on the field in Tampa for the Super Bowl. NPR's Tom Goldman reports that she's working the game when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers take on the defending champion Kansas City Chiefs. On-field officials don't necessarily like the spotlight. It usually means they've blown a call. But Sarah Thomas is used to it. She's attracted national attention since 2015 when she began her string of NFL firsts. First full-time female official, first female to officiate a playoff game, and now the Super Bowl. Thomas knows eyes will drift occasionally from Sunday's star quarterbacks Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes to the sideline where she'll be positioned as the down judge. Focused on her job, but knowing girls like her young daughter are watching. And I want her to know seeing it, believing it, and you can do it. Thomas is unique in the NFL, but part of a growing number of women officiating at the highest levels of men's professional sports. Tom Goldman, NPR News. It's another day of brutal cold in the central part of the country as Arctic air remains locked across the plains and parts of the Midwest. Wind chills in some areas are as cold as negative 50 degrees. Meantime, farther east, snow is forecast to move from the mid-Atlantic up through New England. 
Afghanistan received a half million doses of AstraZeneca's COVID-19 vaccine from India today. But the first such vaccines in the country can't be used just yet. Afghanistan is awaiting emergency approval from the World Health Organization first. I'm Amy Held in Washington, and you're listening to NPR News. All right, 347 Man, we are up against them. But it is time for Chatterbox. I want to read a few comments. Uh, comments from our world-famous chat room and from social media. Mr. Elias, man, you have something you want to read? I know we got the mm-hmm. reason, man. What we got going on? Go ahead. Go ahead, man. I, I My mind is just scrolling right now, man. I can't stop. All right, well, we'll jump, jump in if you can get in because I know we have to get someone to get these in. All right, the pastor's in the house. pastor says, my, my, my. Got a little testy this morning. Peace and blessings, as always. I really enjoyed this morning's show. Uh, are we, the listening audience, so lucky? Question mark. We have an opportunity each Sunday to listen to highly intelligent people who look like us debate the topics of the day. I love it. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, Pastor. Uh, Jimmy B. Oh, Jimmy B., your comments just, I just lost. All right, Mariana Music. Okay, Jay, I'm coming to your defense. Mr. Elias, you stop yelling at him. That's what I'm talking about, Mariana. I still love you, <laughs> but you came at my boy hard. <laughs> Good morning to everyone else and to my kid. Well, she's probably talking about Jerome. All right, Ricky. Ricky said, hey, Momo B. He said, uh, this is pretty Ricky that used to listen to the Jerry Ryle show. Man, it's good to hear her voice. <laughs> All right, pretty Ricky, that's what they call me. Tell us. All righty then. I love the back and forth between Jay and Les. I kind of agree with them both. Uh, Kevin from Sarasota, Florida. I love you guys, but I tune in for on a need-to-know basis. Kudos for extending the segment for an entire hour. There we go, another fan guy of the one and only Mr. Jerome Spree, which is well-deserved because we do love on the need-to-know basis with our main man, Mr. Most Jerome Spree. Most definitely. All right, uh, all right, it is time for our final thoughts because we are up against it. Miss Vanessa, my beautiful sister, final thoughts. I love Vanessa. Right. And I said all that and she's not even talking. All right, uh, Vanessa. Uh, uh, thank you, Vanessa, for your final thoughts. All right, uh, Kathleen, final thoughts. Another one by wow. I'm just kidding. I just, I'm just kidding. I just had to do that. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. I uh, <laughs> oh, that's funny. So final, my final. I, you know, well, thank God there's no final thoughts, right? But I just off. I wanted to offer, um, Happy Black History Month to everyone. Uh, this, of course, our our history is so rich and so beautiful that it it goes on all year round. But I wanted to just acknowledge, you know, I I love this the uh, segment and the tribute that you did earlier surrounding Black History Month. Um, and I also wanted, I also would like to send my deepest and sincerest condolences to the family of Cicely Tyson. I yes. uh, I I absolutely was. Um, very tearful when I heard of heard of her uh, passing. I'm so grateful that I was able to see the interview, that last interview 
with um, Cicely Tyson and Gail King that aired just the week before or maybe just days before her transition. Um, I'm so Mm -hmm. grateful to have been able to spend some time in her presence uh, to have learned from her and, uh, you know, just talk to her and just be graced by her anointing. Just, you Mm -hmm. know, when everybody talks about the power that she had when she entered the room. It wasn't a power. It was a very quiet power, but very distinguished. And she was as beautiful as everyone says. She was as eloquent and this, you know, she was uh, such a distinguished individual. Very studied, of course. And, you know, as phenomenal as she is, as phenomenal as she was as an individual and a being, she was still just like your aunt when you walked in the room. Do you need something? Do you want something? And that's who we are as a people. And I just honor her. I, I'm so grateful to God that I got to meet her and, and really spend time with her. Um, what a blessing and what a tremendous loss. So I am grateful for all of those in our community who are going into the arts. We absolutely need that and who will continue to make decisions like Ms. Tyson did about what role she will play, understanding that she is a, she is a role model, she was a role model, and will be until the end of time. So God all bless right. her and what a, a wonderful addition to our black history. Wow, well said. Good job. All right, uh, Momo BG, give me your final thoughts before we get out of here. I want to hear from you before we leave. Just pretty Ricky, you know, shout it hey, out. Hey, pretty Ricky, miss you. <laughs> I miss all you guys, and I love y'all. You know I be here all the time. I just be on a low listening because I ain't got no thoughts for this stuff y'all talking about. It get on my nerves. But and it's a Sunday show, so I can't say what I really, 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 really want to say. So I just fall back. But I love y'all. I'm here. You know, I'm supporting y'all. Everybody invite me. Mm-hmm. If you need a book of flight, come see me, boo. Okay. Okay. No, okay. okay. Thank you, Momo B. You should go try to get a date. Thank love you, Momo B. This ain't the Bachelorette. We're moving on. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right, Johnny D. Find it, final thoughts. I ain't mad at you, sis. I ain't mad at you. <laughs> you know, re- real quickly, uh, like I say, I, I, I certainly enjoyed the, the the spirited commentaries and the the diverse thinking that each one of us have. So, for those individuals who have uh, accused this group of contributors of, of being on one accord, you saw today that you know there there there's a a a broad perspective and then there's our, our, our individual upbringings. But real quickly, uh, Black History Month, I always reflect on, on two things. One, um, the recognition of accomplishments uh, from our ancestors. And then secondly, growing up in a city that, that has uh, such historical value, I, I remember um when when we moved from up north and came south and, and into this great state of Carolina, uh, growing up in in, the, in that Greensboro area, going down to that Woolworths and sitting at that counter 
um, not mm-hmm. really understanding the historical value. You understand what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. to think about, you know, after I, I became of age and started getting some formal education and recognizing the significance of that, you know. Um, so we just really have to relish in the moment and make history every single day because our history will be the history that people will study later on. So, again, I, I thank each one of you all for opportunity for allowing me to be part of the forum. I thank those individuals for allowing us to come into their home and sharing these perspectives. Uh, each week I learn something, and I just thank God for each day I'm able to, to do so. So if it's God's will and, and, and my purpose, I will look forward to next week. and. To all, God bless. Appreciate you. For before we get to uh, to Jerome, we're uh, under a minute, so we're gonna lose our live audience. We thank you for listening. We appreciate you, and we'll see you back here next week. But for those who usually listen, which is ninety five percent of our audience, uh, do it at their own time, at their own leisure. We'll continue to march on with our final thoughts with Mr. Yeah, February tenth, my birthday. Who said my birthday? Don't forget. Okay. Happy birthday! <laughs> my birthday, every uh, Thank you. All right, Jerome. Final thoughts. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm gonna um, I'm gonna defer my to Elias. That was quick. So the man. There you go. All right, the man gets the first and last word. Uh, Mr. Elias, final thoughts. Well, 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 you know I'll be texting you on your birthday to tell you happy birthday, baby. But I'm telling you. Pre-happy birthday to you. And to Mariana Music, if you think that was something, you ought to hear me and Jay's private conversation. It's <laughs> nothing, nothing short. That was that was light compared to the way we and him go at each other. So that was a light that was a light session. So baby girl, you need to hear our conversation off there. You would think we hated each other. Yeah, um, and we can call, we can call you right after the show because we're gonna have one right after the show. That's the damn show. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure too. I'm damn, you damn sure right about that one. But anyway, yeah, um, yeah. And I had a like couple said, conversations with Jay off the air. We quiet. I had a couple conversations with Jay off the air too. And boy, oh boy, he's a different man off the air. Okay, bye, like, Mama. Be thank you. Go ahead, Mr. Elias. Look, get out of here, folks. You know, that's my, that's my, my I'm selling that soapbox until the end of time. Get out and vote. You know what? We, and, and, and we just passed the Voting Rights Act 1964. That means it's 57 years old. Look, folks, get out and vote. If you don't have a voice, you don't get out and vote, you don't have a voice. So get out and vote. That's all I'm going to say about that. You know, uh, during the show, uh, like Johnny D. mentioned, is that we are family. But like all families, we have disagreements. And, uh, you know, Mr. Elias asked me something about President Obama, uh, his accomplishments as a senator. So during the break, I was able to look that up. And, he, you know, he, he actually accomplished a lot in the short two years he was in Congress. But that's not what I want to focus on. What I want to focus on is this, is I want to make sure that I'm perfectly clear, because I don't want anybody to associate this with me. I do not hate AOC. I do not dislike AOC. I support her policies that she put forth or the bills that she sponsors while she's in Congress. I hurt the fact that she had to go through the pain of sexual assault. No woman should have to go through that. I have girls. I understand the importance of it. 
of acknowledging it and accepting it and putting it out to the public sphere so that way people can who have actually uh, suffered from this knows that there are other people out there who are going through the same thing. So I want to make sure that I'm perfectly clear that I feel this way about that woman. The one thing I will say, however, from the fact being a military man, being a person who respects rank and authority, my opinion is, once again, that she's moving too fast. I would love to see her be speaking the house one day. Just do your time. Do what you have to do. And on that note, Mr. LES, if it's Sunday, we're talking serious stuff. What time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the J. Rouse show. All right, uh, Kevin from Sarasota, Florida. We're going to get out the way because I know you're waiting for what's coming up next. So, for Vanessa, for Kathleen, for Momo B, for Johnny D, for Jerome, for Mr. LAS, I'm Jay Rouse saying have a wonderful work week. Be safe, put on the mask, and remember, it's Sunday, and we're talking serious stuff. This is the serious side of the Jay Rouse show. God bless. We'll see you next week. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. All right, folks, you know what time it is. It is time for all the need-to-know basis with our main man, Mr. Jerome Spree. Okay. I'm going to ask you, man, can I have two seconds to ask everyone... Who are they going for in the Super Bowl, if you don't mind, sir? Yeah, go ahead. Let me start with you. No, not Tom Brady. You can move on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's easy. <laughs> That's easy. All right. Uh, uh, Kathleen, who are you going with? Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> All right. I love that response. Kudos to you. I love it. I love it. See how I'm sure with you. All right, Momo, be easy, be easy. Who you going with in the game today? I don't even know who's playing. I got. I okay, got thank you, Momo. B. All right, Mister Les. Do you need to ask? Do you really need to ask this question? Well, really I don't need to ask, but tell the people. Now, uh, the Chiefs. I've been rolling with the Chiefs since the eighties. The Chiefs. And that's true because he has a rug that doesn't match anything in the decor in his man cave that has some cheese on it. So he's right. colors. <laughs> okay, thank you, Mr. Elias. And I'm going with the cheese. So now, uh, let me get out the way. Mr. Jerome Street, man, the floor is yours, my, my friend. Oh, oh, don't go, to, don't get out the way, Jay, because, you know, I'm going to take the first two minutes of this segment to talk about you. Uh-oh. I want you to be here. Oh, here we go. Okay, I'm here. <laughs> no, you know, oh. I try not. I know we're kind of we lost the live audience, so if you listen to archive, it's gonna seem like seem like one continuous show. So here's how this is gonna go down. In your need to know segment, Jerome sometimes take an editorial um, liberty, and this time Jay ended the last show with uh, cleaning up what he was saying. At the same time, he did say this little lady need to wait her turn again. And so my point was that she still. 
has the right to speak, and I know that people don't like what she's saying, but it is the energy that people are putting against her that's creating a hostile climate toward her, right? And that's all the point that I was making earlier, Jay, is that we have to watch, as, as men generally, I, I, I normally say this, so I'm not saying this as her being a woman, but I'm saying we need to watch how we direct energy towards especially towards females, but just generally we need to be kind of respectful because the problem is is that we mixed a topic, you know, from her being a, a victim of something and then hated her at the same, same time. So that's where mine came from since, you know, you did have your time to clean yours up. But just in case anybody misunderstood what I was saying, we're not fighting on on anything. I'm just saying that it is the energy of of um, hostility, so I know Vanessa kind of nitpicked and say was saying that y'all hate her and all of that stuff. You guys are acting like you hate her. If that helps you with my wording, so the hostility is the problem. That's all, that's where I was going, Jay. So I'll give you a minute if you would like to, if you'd like to rebut that. But I just wanted to be, be clear where I was going. Yeah. All right. Well, listen. I mean, fair enough. I mean, we all have our opinions, and, and you know, at the end of the day, I don't hate her. I I, I think that she's. Uh, I went back and looked at what she did after she uh, graduated from college. She she helped with her family business. She's done some things that uh, normal Americans have done, which represents her constituency. So I I don't have an issue with her. I just don't. When you you know, I'm I'm pro black, and when you say you going after a black man, I'm like, wait a minute, whoa, I'm I'm going to step up here and say, oh no, you're not. Now I'm not in New York, so maybe you know the well, reason why you feel the way you do about him, I mean, Akeem Jeffries, okay, that's fine, I don't know, maybe you do, you know something I don't, you're closer to that situation. I just, when I saw that report. um, Kathleen, is is Hakeem, his district is right next to hers, right? I I mean, I don't know. No, Kathleen would know. Kathleen's in Brooklyn. Actually, I thought he was in Brooklyn, but I could be wrong. Oh, maybe he is Brooklyn, okay. I I mean, because she's your, is she your representative, Kathleen? No, she's not. Um, Okay, but I, 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 for some reason, I thought that her, Hers and Hakeem's was close, but nevertheless, it's just a matter of, um, you no, know. He's Brooklyn. Okay. Is yeah. Brooklyn. Yeah. So, and and he's high. He is higher up in the decision making part of Congress with the Democrats. So, if I was her and I was a new congressman, of course they need to change the structure of con uh, of Congress. I like Maxine Waters and what she did um, in putting the bill up. To, um, for apartheid It's one of the things that freed Mandela She was one of the co-sponsors of that bill But uh, but, um, but she has also done some things That, you know She was a big Hillary person Doing Obama thing But that's kind of a loyalty thing From you being there for a long time So Hakeem Jeffries is, is Fighting with Nancy Pelosi on her policy Sometimes, so when you get in there And you want to unravel or do something different you need to remember Nancy Pelosi wants everybody to sit down and be quiet, and that's not how that needs to happen when you're new. The Democratic Party needs to stop accommodating the Republicans, and so as new Democrats come in there, they need to break the um, old cycle of Democrats accommodating Republicans like Dianne Feinstein for, for, Feinstein, for example. So having hostility from her for breaking the command structure of the Democratic Party. It's just a game that you play in politics, but I'm sure she's not hostile towards anybody, and they're not hostile towards her. Nobody says get up out of there. So, But the Republicans 
are making her a target. So I'm concerned when they make those guys targets because that's a target for hate. And you know, and, and, okay. So so just to to um, I know I said last um, that I would take this segment and go through the whole segment of Black History stuff, but I'm not going to do that today because. I kind of feel like I'm glad Kathleen. I'm glad you're here. We're gonna do black or white because I, I saved some for last week for you. Um, so first, I want to say that um, you know people who are wishing um, to pay tribute, final respects to legendary actor Cicely Tyson will get a chance for a public viewing in Manhattan. Um, it's a famed Manhattan church. Um, the viewing for the actor who died. Last week at the age of 96 will be Monday, February 15th at um, Abyssinian Baptist Church in Harlem. And that's according to a statement by her family and her um, through her manager, Larry Thompson. The viewing will be from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Um, and COVID protocols are in place with masks and social distancing required. No photographs will be allowed, according to the statement. Um, no cause of death was given And um, if you don't know Cicely Tyson had recently Completed a memoir um, From what Kathleen Was talking about her last One of her last her last interviews with Gail King The, the memoir was Just As I Am And which was released um, This week So if you want to go get that That is Cicely Tyson's um, memoir mm. So you know I I don't know if they're going to broadcast it C-SPAN or anything, but they're just saying while you're there, you can't take pictures. So, and and honestly, Cicely Tyson needs to be. She is worth all of the attention that we are all going to give her. So, yes, much definitely. respect to, to the Tyson family. Yes, you know, and thanks for that, Kathleen, because I, I did have that listed. The first thing that I was going to do was respect Cicely Tyson, but since you met her, that was actually pretty cool that you get get to give us a first hand because I know what she kind of means to all of us in the community. Um, again, when I watched those films, her early films, the Sounders and stuff, I was in elementary school and they were, they were showing, you know, for black history stuff that Cicely Tyson was, I think it was like three shows for black history month that Cicely Tyson was in. I'm like, Cicely Tyson <laughs> is black history. So, you know, we have to, we have to honor her. So, uh, much respect to her. And Diane Durham was the first black woman to win USA Gymnastics National Championship. She yes. passed Thursday in Chicago. Now yeah, she's from Gary, Indiana, man. That's another. Is she really? Gary. Yeah, she's from Chicago. Man, man, another another famous. To, uh, what do you call him, Garyite? Another yeah. famous yeah, person. Gary, to, right? Uh, she, went, she went to James High School, man. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, did she? Sure did. Cool. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it, for those who don't know, Diane, um, Diane Durham was a pioneer in American gymnastics. Her victory in the all-around all in 1983 championships as a teenager was the first by a black woman in, in the organization's history. And they said between mm-hmm. her and Mary Lou Retton, uh, they felt they introduced uh, more, a more powerful gymnastics. So if you don't know the story, Diane Durham got hurt during the Olympics, and Mary Lou Retton um, was there, and obviously she became, you know, this um, icon for USA Gymnastics. Mm-hmm. But Diane Durham was nobody to play with. 
when she was when she was there, but she got she had a she had an ankle injury. And get this, um, Durham and Retinum uh, and and Retin, she was um, they were proof they were the first American students of Bella and Marta Caroli, who moved hmm. here from Romania in the early '80s. So those were the first two that they had. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yep, I, I have no respect for the Carolis, but I'm just saying, like, as famous as they are now from gymnastics, those were the first two students, and Diane Durham was one of the top students. So, but if you don't know, she uh, was a pioneer for all black gymna- um, gymnasts as well. She paved the ways for, for, you know, Olympic champions Simone Biles, Gabby Douglas, um, Dominique yep. Dawes. Um, she won the gold medal in 1996. And um, so, much respect to her as as well. And again, so this is this is Black History Month. So I, I'm going to do. Um, I, I'm trying to think of how I want to do this, but I'm going to do a couple of stories. To th- there's always this thing. So I'm going to ask you this, Elias. Uh, so when you do Black History, they're usually telling us the things that. A black person did for the first time, or should we do something that black people actually created? Which one would it be? Because <laughs> you know how we Most do that. We'd be like, "Hey, that's, yeah. that's the first, first black person who wore Nikes." It's like, who cares? Like, do we want the yeah. first black person to do something? Do we want... I'm sorry for being yeah. sarcastic, but this is a serious question. Yeah. So I'm going to ask yeah, everybody. I mean, you know, I'll ask Kathleen next, but Elliot, think? Both of, them are, both of them are important because you got Barack Obama, who's the first black president. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, they're, they're both nope. important, but the, the inventions are something that they come up with. So I would go with inventions, the things that they invented. Okay. All right, Kathleen? Yeah, me too, because a lot of people don't know this stuff. And even oh. young people, like my daughter, <laughs> don't know a lot. You don't know a lot, and I'm pro-black, and she's so stupid. <laughs> well, I get it, Momo. Like, so, yes, that's, that's cool, but... Because I always do this, and so I'll have a lot of black history and say, you know, this person did the elevator or this person did the ironing board or the, you know, I, I'll go through right, those. Right, right, right. But at some, because those are creations. It's not like white folk. That was a black version of an iron. <laughs> like it was black people who created it. <laughs> so sometimes I think it's more important that we know that not just that, that we're first more than we need to know that we're the first person to, you know, um, ski. We first well, like you can do it all, right? You know, what I mean? like I'm right. saying, like that. My daughter, she's she's sweet on a lot of stuff, but I'll be trying to tell her. But you know, these she's 20 now. She's 20 years old, and she's still walking around here. Wow. Stop. I'm like, don't tell nobody you're my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Tell her, tell her she can get the name tag, but as long as she don't tell nobody. <laughs> That's right. But if you wanna, if something go down, call me. I'll be right. Yeah, there. exactly, exactly. <laughs> Kathleen, what do you think? What do you want me to offer somebody in Black History? Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. Well, you can if you want. But I'm saying, like, I'm looking through. I have a whole show. I could do three shows of Black History information. But my question is, should I start with things that Black people not just was the first Black person to do, like? You know, I'm not going to say the black first black person that bought a television. I am saying, should it be the first thing that was ever done that was done by black people? Which one would you rather hear first? 
would I rather hear the black first or the first thing that was ever done by black people? Yeah, yeah, like inventions, like creations that we cre- things that we created. Right, right, right. Um, either one. I mean, and you know what? It'd be nice if you blend them because um, oh. there's so much that if we're only going to do it for about three weeks. Oh then, no no! Right. Three months worth of stuff, so that's oh, not my. Okay. Oh, I thought, that's, that's, I thought you said you did three months, weeks. <laughs> yes, I, 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 vote, I vote for a blending. Okay. And I'm, but I'm going to ask if you will, um, if we could spend some time on Nat Turner. I really. So here's what I'm going to do since you said that. So I will not only give you black history. I am going to give you some details in black history, okay? So yeah. we'll, do, we'll do that. We're going to do that right now, but I just wanted to make sure I say that. So I'll do a couple of news stories, and it's still black news. But Black Panther director Ryan um, Coogler signed mm-hmm. a five-year exclusive television deal with Walt Disney. Uh, Walt Disney, um, the 34-year-old, um, has a, a deal to create the Kingdom of Wakanda for Disney. So, and he's also, wow. yeah, yep, yep, he, and he's beginning his six-month Black Panther 2 shoot in Atlanta um, in July. So, Lupita, um, Nwango, uh, Leticia Wright, uh, Winston Duke, Angela Bassett, all of those guys are coming back. That's according to The Hollywood Reporter. And um, Good. if you don't know... The 2018 Black Panther made 1.347 billion dollars at the box office. Wow. Mm. Yep. And also, you know, he's he's the producer of the Fred Hampton biopic, um, Judas and the Black Messiah. Can't wait to watch that next week either. Cannot wait to watch that one. Oh, you know, and Creed. Creed too. I think he was. Uh, he did Creed too, didn't he? Oh, he did all. Yeah, he mm-hmm. did Creed and Creed Two. I think he signed on to do another one where um, who was the the actor in Creed? Michael B. Jordan. Uh, Michael, Michael, Michael B. Jordan. B. Jordan. I think, yes, I think he's going to direct it, but I think he I think Cougar is still writing it. Yeah. So he has has a lot of work to do, but. You know, I'm scared about this Fred Hampton biopic, by the way. And matter of fact, I'll add, add Fred Hampton to Black History um, Year that I'm going <laughs> that I'm gonna do. But Fred Hampton was killed by the police in his house, in the bed with his pregnant girlfriend, and they pulled her out and shot him. And then went on the news and claimed there was a shootout with the Black Panther Party. So I'm scared on how they're going to portray this, but it's going to. I'm probably not going to watch it, so let me know how that goes, um, Elias, when you see, when you see it. <laughs> oh, All right. Hey, man, by the way, I did watch The Black Godfather. My God, that was great, man. Oh, that great. was great. Oh, my God, that was great. The story of- Black Godfather? I never even heard that. Yes. Check Please it out. Momo B. Ooh, you need to watch that. That's why I like to tune in on Sundays, because I learn something new all the time. The Black Godfather is a, it's a story about Clarence Avon. And Clarence Avon mm-hmm. is a black man who, who essentially nobody really knows who he is. He used to own um, Taboo Records, you know, with SOS Band and and um, who's on Taboo? It, it was it was a black uh, label. Uh, which mm-hmm. was 
it was it was SOS. It was uh, oh god. Alexander O'Neill was over I there for a minute, wasn't he? Yeah, Alex Terrell, Alexander O'Neill, Terrell. Terrell. Is that pro crack or after crack? <laughs> okay. And so this is Black History Month, All right, he, he can have that. He can have. That. So I'm just asking. I don't know. But but ta- but taboo <laughs> records. The Black Godfather is a story about Clarence Avon, and Clarence Avon helped Barack Obama. Like when they needed, when Barack Obama calls Clarence Avon, tells him that he was supposed to speak at Democratic convention in the morning. Nobody watches that stuff in the morning. It ain't even on television until like 8 o'clock at night. So he calls Clarence Avon in California. He calls and puts Barack Obama, who nobody knows, on prime time at 9, at nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. The black man did that. He was the black man who called Hank Aaron before Hank Aaron bro- broke Babe Ruth's record and said to said to Babe Ruth, uh, said to Hank Aaron, do you have any endorsement deals? And he said, no. Right? In the 70s, they didn't give money to baseball players like that. And Clarence Avon did not ask for no money from nobody. He flies nope. to Atlanta, goes into the CEO of Coke's office and said, in words, drink Coke too, and got um, <laughs> Hank Aaron the biggest endorsement deal of any baseball player ever at that time. Clarence Avon... What'd you say? There's not anybody this cat there's not anybody that this cat did not know or oh, did not touch. I can tell you I, we can tell you stuff for for Michael Jackson. We can tell you stories mm-hmm. that he did for hell, he called Bill Clinton and told him you better mm-hmm. not resign. This is what you gonna do. Mm-hmm. When people think political strategist <laughs> was the one who, who said, um, during the Monica Lewinsky, you know, to keep going, it was this black man Clarence Avant who called Bill Clinton, got him on the phone. So it, it's, yeah. a, it's a great story because, yes, again, he did not seek the publicity to do that. But it's a, he's still living, by the way. It's a great documentary. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, oh, okay. So I got The Black Godfather. is one in, um, what is it, 2019? is one in 1974. The 1974 looks my speed. But I'm, I'm thinking no, that's not no, the one. No, it's 2019. That's a documentary. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good, Momo. You need to watch that one. That is a good one. Yeah, it's, it's still 90. It's the 19, um, 2019. <laughs> Not the 1974 one, because that looked good. Just no, 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 no. So, yeah, and, and, and Puffy actually tells an interesting story, too, when Biggie died, that um, Clarence, yeah. he called Clarence Avant because he knew. To get him out, yeah. Once they realized that they were all in the hospital and Biggie got killed, nobody knew who killed them. You had all these entertainers in the hospital. They could not go to the airports because people were waiting for them, the news and everybody else. Calls Clarence Avon. Clarence Avon gets him a flight flying out of San Diego. Got them out of it. Mm-hmm. This black man yep. was, you know. Anyway, there's a there's a billion stories from helping um, Andrew Jackson. And when they talk about black history, Clarence Avon is perfect for listening to for black history. Because whether yep. it is politics, sports, entertainment, Clarence Avon has something to do with somebody that is a big figure in the black community. That's See, that's sure. why I like it. That's why I like Black History Month. I like that my birthday is February 10th. Don't forget it. And um, <laughs> because I learned something every year, I learned something new. Like, for real. I'm like, oh, I didn't even know. I didn't even know. I didn't even know. I don't know yeah. why we can't do this for the uh, the other 11 months of the year. But every year in February, I learned something I never knew before. 
Now, now, New York Times columnist Charles Blow is calling for black Americans to launch a reverse great migration and move back to the South to create racial uh, majorities in states of their ancestors that their ancestors fled um, two centuries ago. So if you don't know, he has a new book out called The Devil You Know, a Black Power Manifesto, which is um, bookstores. It, it actually came out last week. And so he says the original great migration... Some 6 million black people fled um, from oppression in the Jim Crow South over the course of several decades in the 20th century for a better life. And he said after centuries of um, um, waiting for white majorities to overturn white supremacy, it seems to me that it's fallen to black people to do it themselves. So in his book, he downplays the power of, of those protests saying that they were fueled by um, cabin fever and racial consciousness um, during the coronavirus um, pandemic and argues that they will not yield um, um, sufficient results in the long term. So here's the, here's the deal with this, is that if you look at somebody like, uh, or what he's saying is black people can control or form majorities of influence in many, many as nine electoral college votes uh, more in wow. California and New, New York. Just black hmm. people, if they move back. Wow. So here's what just happened in Atlanta, for example, or in Georgia, is that in 1990, do you know from 1990 to 2020, we have double the amount of black people in the state of Georgia than you had in 1990? Hmm. It was, yeah, I didn't know that. Yep, it was um, one point, I think it was 1.3 million back then. And it's um, more than it's more than double. It's over two million, almost three million black people there now, which actually made wow. the percentage of black people in Georgia at that time twenty five percent, and now it's thirty three percent. That's why those guys won in Georgia because the percentage of black hmm. people is so much higher that people discount them. So, so why, why why are you surprised? Everybody's moving to Georgia. No, no, but his his point is that everybody should move back to the southern states and take back over South Carolina, take back over Georgia. Uh Mississippi has a large black population. Most of those states had black populations that were were huge until white folks started, um, you know, with cold taxes and and discouraging Uh people to vote. And they rigged the system so much that it oppressed black people vote, so black people left. He's saying if black people go back... You could just go take it back now. Forget that. Oh, they going back. They going yeah, back. they've been they've been moving in that direction for for mm-hmm. quite a while. And I agree with it. I'm getting ready to go back. Look, I've been in Florida, and I Florida is one of the worst states. Everybody looks my smart friends. Tell me, I don't know why you went to Florida. You know, Florida is this and that and the third. I'm like, I don't care. I'm I'm, I'm here for the sun and the water. I don't know what y'all. There's a different about. kind of black people in Florida as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what y'all talking about, but um, look, they need us everywhere. How about that? I'm the kid representing. <laughs> yeah. It's, but wait, now man. I move back up north. Speaking of Georgia, so, you know, there's a Georgia police chief who has resigned, and um, an officer has reportedly yeah. fired after they had body cameras footage that surfaced last week showing the racial slurs that they made in 2020 uh, Black Lives protest. And, um, yeah. Yeah, I, okay, I know you must have saw this, but here's what the body camera yes. Did you see it, Elias? Yes, it was disgusting. 
They, 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 yeah. come on. I don't know why they got upset with slavery. We gave them a place to live and a place and food. I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Whoa. It was it was unbelievable, man. Yeah. Yeah, and and even even like this year where they were saying that um um I guess that Keisha um I forgot her Lance Bottom Lance Bottom she, Keisha Lance Bottom she, she yeah. fired I guess she she had already fired an officer and um and they said it was without a hearing she was pushing you know hard and they said that since they thought she was going to be the front runner for the vice president vice presidential candidate. One of the officers responded, are you kidding me? And the guy said, because if I had to F a N-word, I'd rather yep. heard Stacey, uh, Stacey Abrams. They yes. call all of this on body camera. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so I don't know what they're going to do. The, the police chief resigned. The guy's name is, um, his last name is Almond, but it's um, Gene Aldman, and the officer was John yeah. We're not hiding them, but um, Brooks was terminated. I, um, Keisha is going to fire you. Well, actually, it wasn't her police department, but um, yeah. Anyway, that happened. And, and again, speaking of Atlanta, see, even though you got a lot of black people, here's how racist Georgia is. So somebody heckled LeBron James at the um, at the Hawks game, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're dubbing her courtside Karen, right? She was ejected from the game, and she said. Um, she then comes back and apologized for losing her cool, but she removed her mask and was yelling at LeBron James. And she said, she says he James was talking stuff to her husband. And so she said, then they quickly escalated. So obviously, you know, um, she said, she said I just got kicked out of the game for talking stuff to LeBron James. She cursed. And for talking stuff to my effing husband, and she said, "It's effing BS. Um, don't effing talk to my husband. And talk to my husband one more time. I will f you up." Is what she said. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> she said, "LeBron said, shut your mouth, dumb b, <laughs> dumb Mitch." <laughs> Called her Mitch. So, any, you know what? You know what? Go ahead. But if you look at her husband, he's oh man, he's a Trump supporter. He hates yes. LeBron and, and, and all kind of, yeah, all kind of stuff. He just, I'm like thinking to myself, dude, you are really, yeah, they're really playing this up, but hell, he was the one that did, he disliked LeBron. He had yes. stuff on his page about LeBron, and he, he tackled LeBron every time he came in. Yeah, yep. And, and he had a picture up there saying, I guess you guys know I always, I hated this guy. And he had, a, it was a picture mm-hmm. of LeBron. When he was playing yeah. at Cleveland, it was a picture of LeBron yeah. from back then. Now, you know what this reminds me of? You know how when, um, you know, people pay tickets to uh, go to concerts or whatever, but they think that the athletes are not human. Like, they could just say anything yeah. that they want to them. Right. Who was that who went in the stands and punched somebody? Uh, the- that was Metal World Peace. Yeah, Metal World Peace. And Metal World Peace. Uh, yeah, it was somebody. Yeah, I, else. I can't remember who he was playing for, but I remember when it happened. And, and you know, he played for the uh, Pacers. He's, oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, he was at the Pacers when he did that. And there was somebody else because it was up under the basket. Oh, and he ran what's out. His name. He was George uh, Floyd, AKA uh, Ron Artest. That was his uh, other name. 
Steven Steven Jackson. Steven Jackson Jackson did that as well. And Charles Barkley did, if you remember, when he was in Philly. His 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 wife. Huh? What was the name? Steven Steven Jackson. Jackson. No, the other name. Mm -hmm. Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley, when he played at Philly, his wife uh, was pregnant and lost a baby. And they named the baby. And so he, it was his first game back, and this white guy was in the audience yelling out that dead child's name for the whole game to Charles Barkley. Wow. And Charles Barkley went up in the stands, and, and um, they went and pulled Charles Barkley back. He said, say it again. One more time. Just say it again. Charles Barkley. Yeah. <laughs> so, again. I'm putting myself out there. That, if you got anybody, my if anybody is in the sound of my voice, you, I'll, you don't have to go down. You don't have to go down. Your wife don't have to go down. Pay me. I'll be there to fight anybody. Just say the word. <laughs> so, but that's the point, right? That's what privilege is. And so, speaking of that, I didn't do my um, vanilla ISIS story for today. So here, here is here is here's what happened in white ISIS news. Um, so a Nebraska, well, a group called Stop the Steal Rioters is what they were called, um, who. Um, they were charged with storming the Capitol. They didn't even vote. They said at least eight of those protesters who were charged um, did not cast the ballot, according to uh, CNN. So as they wow. were, they, you know, you can't mess with the news like that because they'll start running your stuff. They found that the Muslim people didn't even vote. Wow. So, a Nebraska <laughs> Catholic priest who boasted about performing exorcisms at the Capitol <laughs> while he was in the Capitol. David Fulton, uh, the pastor of two churches in Nebraska, was found amongst all of those Trump people inside the Capitol. He is um, facing expulsion from the church. Now, you want to talk about institutionalized racism. You had somebody that was a pastor in there with the rest of them trying to overthrow the government. Wow. That is crazy. Now, a judge grants that QAnon... um, I want to say the guy who had on the animal outfit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I'm going to call him. Then he had a request for organic food in a D.C. jail after his lawyer claimed that he hadn't eaten um, in nine days and had lost 20 pounds. So a D.C. federal court ruled that Jacob Anthony Chansley, um, his request on Wednesday, they, they actually moved him to another prison so yes. he could have a healthier yes. food choice. So he was yeah. starved to death. I saw that, man. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> now, mm-hmm. now, so a, a Wisconsin prosecutor is seeking an arrest warrant for that kid, Kyle Ridenhouse, the 17-year-old who, um, mm-hmm. who stopped the folks at the, at the Black Lives Matter um, protest that... Um, Apparently, he broke his conditions of bail, and they're trying to track him down. So they said they weren't able to find the 18-year-old, and they were seeking an arrest warrant, and they were seeking to post his bond up to um, $200,000. So here's what his attorney said. Um, We agreed to put the wrong address down for his probation because they didn't want public records to show where he lived. Because they thought he was going to get death. I they said he was getting death threats. Who cares? Do they care about any of us? Nope. They will publish your nope. information regardless. Mm-hmm. 
But yep. let it be somebody white, you know. We, we got to look out for them. Now, hmm. um, the the parlor CEO um, said that he has been fired um, less than a month after the Amazon shut down that site. That is gl- and blames the board for letting GOP mega don- donor Rebecca Mercer, um, who resisted his vision on the strong belief of free speech, is what he said. But parlor is the app that a lot of those Trump supporters were using. And that's literally how they tracked a lot of people who were on there. Because those fools were actually on Facebook Live with their locations on, telling people, hey, I'm in the Capitol. That's how they found it. Mm. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, as a matter of fact, here, here's, what, here's what I'm going to do. You know, I instead of doing... Um, well, I have to do some more because it is Super Bowl, so I have to do those. But I just, I do want to, in, in, um, talk about since it's Black History Month, to say, did you know that the U.S. government found, um, the U.S. government was found guilty in conspiracy to assassinate Martin Luther King Jr. So after weeks, hmm. of, after four weeks of um, testimony. And over 70 witnesses to a civil trial that was in Memphis, Tennessee, 12 jurors reached a swift, unanimous verdict on December 8, 1999, that Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated uh, as a result of a, cons- of a uh, conspiracy by the U.S. government. That's what the New York Times reported at the time. The King family who filed the lawsuit was awarded $100. They said they donated that to charity. Now, in a condition for the U.S. government to give them information, before they sued them, they said that they would not ask for more than $100 if they won, just to get the cooperation of the U.S. government. So, Mm. they said, yeah, they said, Lord, Uh, Lord. Okay, can I ask a question? Yes. I know, Rome, I know you know a lot more than I do, but so what they're trying to say is, first they said it was the KKK, then they said the U.S. government, the KKK, U.S. government, I think they're all the same people. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, but this is a, this was a court ruling. That, so they went through the evidence. James L. Ray, who pled guilty to assassinating, was renting a room above this guy, Lloyd John right. establishment, and he was... Um, mm-hmm. Uh, unwinning scapegoat is what they were saying. So exactly. Lloyd Jowers. What, what do you think? What do you think? Um, what do you think? Wait a minute. He, Who do he you was, think did it? Yeah, but he was close to he. But Lloyd Jowers, who was close to Lamari Motel, claimed that he shot and killed Dr. Martin Luther King. Uh, Dr. King that was fired from behind his restaurant. Right. This has all been in court, so this is not us speculating. They actually went through a trial and found out that that guy um, shot him, and James Earl Ray was an unwitting scapegoat. So the yes, restaurant owner named the Memphis Police Department officer Earl Clark as Dr. Martin Luther King's assassin, according to a press conference transcript, a claim that would be later called into question, by the way. But Giles insisted that a Memphis-produced um, um uh, a dealer who was involved with the mafia gave him $100,000 to hire the assassin and assured him that the police would not be on the scene of the shooting. Yeah. He also mm-hmm. reported that he hired the hitman um, to shoot behind that restaurant. And he received the yeah. weapon prior to killing 
uh, Sprite should have came from someone with a name uh, that sounds like Wow, like they sat out a gun for James L. Ray and some other guy. But he maintained that James L. Ray did not shoot King and that he believed that Ray knowingly participated in a conspiracy. But they were found guilty. That was a court case. So in, um, Coretta Scott King at the time expressed her gratitude to the jury and called the media to get the truth out to the public. So since this is Black History Month, this is what we're doing. We're going to make exactly. sure that you know the truth and stop with conspiracy theories because this has yeah. all been out in court. Mm-hmm. But James mm-hmm. Well was... That's my mouth. Yeah, he was set up to take the blame. Yeah, I know he was. I know they he want was. to make it clear that, that the family he, has no interest he, in retribution is what... He correct. needed to get the time because he was willing to, to, to set up and do stupid. You stupid. You need to go to jail. But yep. um, I really need to know what happened. Yep. So while I'm while so I'm saying that, that's why I just conspiracy charges. If you're a yeah. party, you party game, what you do? What role you play? You going down? Yep. Well, I, I agree you. and understand. Until it's my turn, I'm like, nah, I ain't got nothing to do with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good say, Kathleen. Wasn't there also an agreement about the detailed documents and so forth that were involved in this case that they wouldn't have to release them for about 35 years, something like yeah. that? And I, I don't know if this year is the 35th year or if next. I think it's 2035, actually, but I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I don't. So, I don't remember what what the agreement was, where how long they had to keep it out, but they did have an agreement to not release the documents. But they were able yeah. to view the documents when they did the trial. So that right. was a part of the concession of the King family was they wanted the truth to get out. And um, right. so they didn't sue them for, you know, a billion dollars because if the government is in a conspiracy to kill somebody, they should have sued them for like $100 million. They should have got Easy. the money. But they made the, the amount low just so that they released the, uh, released the information but they would not release them to general public now. But that, I think they do. To me, that that in itself is murdering him all over again. That yeah. yes. requiring them to make that agreement and that negotiation is killing his dream all over again. Because for no other individual would they be able to force you to make that agreement. We are going to force you because the family was not that, you know, Dr. King himself was not that wealthy. That no, not at all. A ton of money to his family so that now mm-hmm. his own children, his wife and his own children and grandchildren, you know, that he would be leaving an estate and all that. That's not the case. So right. to force them to accept a hundred dollars hundred. Yeah. yeah, I Come think on, they I were wrong for doing that. But... People to shovel my snow. A hundred dollars is right. right now. It's snowing right now, and it's going to cost me more than a hundred dollars to get people to shovel. <laughs> Which is why I go well, out there and shovel it myself. But come on, well, I mean, that's... it's just what a horror. Yeah, and that's why I always feel like we do ourselves a very bad injustice by feeling like we need to allow white folks to. Use clear their own conscience. Sometimes people have to pay, right? Yeah, and so exactly. 
They need to pay. It costs money to bury him. They probably went to the churches and people donated. I mean, again, he or Malcolm, they didn't have insurance. They didn't, you know what I mean? Like life insurance and all that right. stuff. When no, you are a freedom fighter for your people, nobody is going to pay you and pay your rent. Black people are not going to do that. If Martin Luther King would have went to black people and said, my life's about to get cut off, they'd be like, you the man. They have to walk away. <laughs> But you know how I we thought Aretha Franklin did some stuff for him, though, Joe. I thought the Aretha Franklin was was uh, Aretha Franklin bankrolls and stuff. No, they all chipped in. Yes, Mahalia Jackson. Yes. Um, they did free concerts, but Martin Luther King and Malcolm were so giving that they put that money right back into the into the movement. They did it to pay for the marches. They did it to pay for their travel. They did it to get those places to fight for other people, but they didn't take anything for themselves. They didn't make any money, is Which what I'm is saying. Wrong yeah, and and that's and that's wrong for us as a community to not honor them and look out because anybody who steps out by themselves, white folks are not going to pay you to um, speak up about your own freedom. It's not how it works. And you know, I know I've been saying this for a while, but just like the Ford Foundation or the Kellogg's Foundation or the Brookings Institute. We don't have black think tanks because black people with money will go out, the puppies and those guys will go out and speak for themselves and say, well, here's what black people need to do, opposed to paying for institutes that's going to change our um, thought, that's going to that's put right. some, some strategy in place to change our psyche. We won't put money up for that. So just like reading the story, yeah, just like reading the story, I don't know. I know um, – what is it? News News One, I think is their name. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of black there's not a lot of black media people who carry this story. I keep this up on our site because you need to be able to go find this someplace. But this story is mm-hmm. gonna fade into the woodwork, but it's a documented sure. case. Sure is. Right? So just like with Coretta Scott King, she said those who are responsible for their assassination will not be held accountable for their involvement. This verdict, therefore, is a great victory for justice and truth. It has been difficult and painful experience to revisit this tragedy, but we felt that we had an obligation to do everything in our power to seek the truth. We have done what we can to reveal the truth, and now we urge the members of the media and we call upon elected officials and other persons of influence to do what they can to share the revelation of this case to the widest possible audience. And here we are in 2021, and most people don't even know that the U.S. government was convicted, found guilty of conspiracy to assassinate Martin Luther King. Because just on his birthday, when we celebrated, everybody talked about the I have a dream speech and little white boys and black girls yeah. and everybody holding hands. They don't talk about that. That should be a part mm-hmm. of your Dr. Martin Luther it's King right. celebration. You're right. You're right. And I'm so tired. And that's why I wake up every morning angry because the world is not right. Yeah. It's not right. It's, People think I'm angry just because. No, I'm angry because of the big picture. Like, come on. But it, show, it, it goes. Too much. Yes, it goes to our strength, though. So just know. That you know, next next week I am gonna spend a lot of time talking about Dr. Sebi because we need to know yeah. that in '88 they had a victory in the Supreme Court that nobody mm-hmm. knows of, and his victory right. was about the fact that African bio mineral balance is what they called it. Mm-hmm. We have a right 
to take herbs and do anything that right. helps I'm gonna tell with you, bodies. Everybody that drinks peas and soups and beans, yeah, he's going to have a lot to say. And I yeah. I wonder, yeah. I wonder, so, yeah. I wonder what Bring he it. came up with this, Bring this it. virus. You wonder what? what I, yeah. wonder what I am so, I am curious too. So, Again, I, we're gonna we're gonna do a show, and um, we'll ask um, Doctor. Uh, well, Kathleen, we'll we'll put together a show and, and bring her on. She, um, um, Swami, I, we'll figure out what she's a student of Doctor. Um, she studied under Doctor Sebi, so we'll we'll be able to ask her yeah. some questions. Okay, okay. As an herbalist, okay. I knew I liked Kathleen for a reason. I don't know. <laughs> Technology. Um, I'll go into him a little bit more. That the laser light CD-ROM technology. He developed that in 1968. John Dove. Go to wow. johndove.net if you want to find out information about him. But we'll we'll talk about the inventions that Black people made. But before I do that, I guess to to kick off the very first um, week of Black History Month, I want to go back to the the Great Sphinx. You know, so we'll talk about what's referred to as the soul of Egypt. And the Great Sphinx, or her Imhotep, was built in Kemet. Kemet means the land of blacks, is the indigenous name for the North African, Northeast African nation, now called Egypt. So her Imhotep is the largest and oldest monument ever sculptured, sculpted from a single rock. That whole thing is one rock. So the head of the person... Yeah. Is the body of in the body of a reclined lion? It faces the rising sun. is strategically positioned at the foot of the Great Pyramid, which is a clue to a symbolic meaning. So many myths have been created about the statue. So I won't talk about the myths, but I'll set the record straight on what it means. Right. So the statue integrates the essence of man and animal in such a way that it expresses this divine relationship between the two. So symbolically. The body of the beast represents the animal nature that exists in man. The lion exemplifies the royalty and power of the divine spirit that exists in lower physical form. The head of the man symbolizes the intelligence of the mind, which must be cultivated in order to elevate consciousness to a higher spiritual state so that it may become divine. So metaphorically speaking, it's the suppression of the lower animal nature and the refinement of the thought process that leads to the spiritual evolution of uh, um, evolution of man and spiritually speaking it is only by conquering the beast within that one is truly capable of truly knowing God that's what hmm. the sphinx means so the knowledge comes from enlightenment which is vanquished in darkness or ignorance so her, her imuket exemplifies the internal conquest of good over evil because it faces the eastern horizon and is physically enlightened by the sun as it rises each morning. So three-quarters of the day, it sets behind his head. So it just says when you are, do not have light, when you are not enlightened, your animal nature mm-hmm. comes out. 
So if you want more information about what the great Sphinx is to tell your children or to look it up, you can go to the Now Valley Contributions of Civilization by Dr. Anthony T. Browder. He explains that he's an Egyptologist, if you want to see it. But you won't see that on the History Channel, but I thought I'd Anthony share that. Anthony T. Spell his last name? Browder. B-R-O-W-C-E-R. Anthony T. Browder. W-C-E-R? Yep. W-D-E-R. Browder. Is it right. B as in Bob? W-B-E-R. No, B is in, yeah, D. Okay, 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 got it. All right. This is, so, this is what I like to talk about. Yeah, so just wanted to give you that. And so I didn't know, again, some of the black history stuff I will go into in detail so that we know that um, we're just not running off names and this person made that or this person did this. Yeah, but and y'all was talking about black history earlier today. Oh, it's going to go into history books, history books. Ain't none of this crap going to be the history books because remember the history books? The history books, though, I went to school. My mother and father was dissing, like, that ain't true. That's bull crap. That's bull crap. That's bull crap. And so it's going to be the same bull crap. The, 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 whatever they're going to put in 10 years from now, it's going to be bull crap because that's all they do in, in history. They put in bull crap in the history books. The history books that I read, bull crap. My mother and father will tell you, bull crap, bull crap, right. bull crap. So, you, you know, you need to, <laughs> you right, know, I'm just saying, because we, we get this little white Western Hemisphere. That's what it is. That's what we get. That's what I learned. Western <laughs> Hemisphere. I don't know what that, where that is, but that's what we learned. <laughs> <laughs> All right, wait a minute. So, so okay, so, Mo will be, so we sometimes we'll play this game called black or white so i'm gonna give some stories and i'm gonna ask you to tell me if it's black or white okay so since kathleen kathleen you still here kathleen i'm still here okay yes good. i'm still here i wasn't gonna do it if you're not here so kathleen, <laughs> um look, uh, I'm Elias, not good enough look i'm not good enough <laughs> no 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 because usually kathleen is usually here for this game so i held out last week uh, for kathleen to come back so since Kathleen is here, uh, we're going to play this game of black or white. Now, I, again, I'll tell you what it's about. Elias, can you hit the board on me? If you got it. I got you. I got you. All right. What happened to the music? I thought it was black and white. Oh, yeah, come on with it. Like, I'm waiting. Like, I'm waiting. 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 So in this game, I need to know if the um, we have a woman who pled guilty to murder of her sister's boyfriend by injecting him in, with, with drugs, strangling him, burying him, digging him back up, and then dismembering him on Valentine's Day. Now, white, again, white, 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 <laughs> we already know you ain't going back. It's, 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 it's the old, 
It's an old story about black folks and horror shows, right? We don't do the horror show thing. So when you start going into burial and redigging the back, we are clearly in I Know Where You Were Last Friday.
Man, I, if I knew you were out. there, I would have put you in black or white. But, Jay, you get to be well, you should have, but, uh, Okay, well, I'll, <laughs> I'll hang around a little bit next week. I try to give the space because I'm telling you, man, I just read the comments, and it's like, really, people kind of like this in some cases more than the serious side. But there you go. It's on you. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> no, it's, it's just because we get to loosen up on doing doing stories. Yeah. So, you know I like to get laugh. loose. <laughs> okay, we can't get Saturday loose, though, Momo. <laughs> like we, Thank you. Like, you got to control yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> you can loosen up, but don't get loose. Like we, we have to change the theme song. <laughs> like that's a whole other show. <laughs> but, 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 that, but that's the, that's the thing. I kept thinking, Jay. I told Elias this last time. I'm like, Jay's gonna Jay's gonna cut us off because of you know the whole the whole segment. I only mean for it to stay a half hour, but sometimes the topic is just a little too interesting. So yeah, I think you need to keep it an hour if you can, because I'm I'm, t- I'm seriously when I read what people say about it, it's like they love it, and uh, and you're right, it's like a cool down. You get hit with all this serious stuff. Now it's just time to get recess. Let's go outside and let's learn something and have fun while we learn. And they uh, like you, man. Plus, you bring things to the table that a lot of people don't know. I was reading a comment from a lady during this week when I was trying to get ready to think about what we're going to talk about on the serious side. And she was talking about some of the things that y'all talked about during the show that she did not know. So uh, wow. I think it's I think it as a valuable, uh, it's, it's, it's valuable, man. It's a part of what we do. And I'm glad that we moved it because during the show, you know, you, you had 15, 20 minutes. But let's be honest, like yeah, I tell people all the sure. time, we have a lot of people listen to this show, but they listen to this show at their own leisure. <laughs> they really listen to it when they want to. So the majority of our audience hear the show in its entirety, not really live. I and mean, we have a nice live audience, but most of our people listen, you know, during the week. So yeah, I mean, it's it's perfect, man. Do you think? I mean, yeah, but the the only thing, like, even in the show and doing it in the last fifteen minutes of the show, was just to say that, you know, there there are some news yep. stories out there that they're missing yep. in regular news, and so that was yep. just kind of the goal is to throw those out as quick as possible. But, you know, no. it, it's, um, you know, so I didn't want to just interrupt the show too much for, for doing it's that. perfect. Do you know no, what I mean? perfect, because you're right. You get the opportunity to not only bring more content, but then you get a chance to be able to have discussions around content. It's beautiful, man. I, I Sometimes I'm, oh. like, in the car listening to y'all. It's it's a beautiful thing, man. It's really, I really like it. And I, a lot of people really, really like it. So, yeah. maybe well, do your it, thing. It's good. I can tell you this. It's, it's pretty much me doing my – that's just kind of what I do on my new show because I, oh, I, would, okay. do, I would just always do code news, and people mm. would just kind of contact, contact us and just keep saying, how come you're not talking about what's in the news? So right. Black and White was from Kathleen. The reason I only do it when Kathleen's on is because Kathleen actually created that segment because when I would do news stories, Kathy would say, okay, were they black or white? And so I started playing the game then, too. Sometimes you'd be like, it's almost like the, uh, what was that scene from uh, Waiting to Exhale where um, Angela Bassett comes out and burns up his car? Because yes. she was much of a white well, girl. B, can you, can you enlighten us on that? Because I'm pretty sure you remember that scene. Yeah, I'm too. Yeah, I'm black. Right, so there was a news story of somebody doing something almost similar, and Kathleen brought that up. She was like, oh, that she was black, because she went outside and smoked a cigarette after. Like, it was kind of that. Was it in so, Florida? 
Was it in Florida, though, Jerome? Did the store no, come from I Florida? Didn't. No, I'm not going to go oh, there. Okay. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. I'm just asking. It wasn't me. Look, I just read my back familiar. a long time ago. Uh, so so just, just doing that is, is levity, but it's still news because it's actual still a news story. And yeah. at the same time, you know, I don't care about racial stuff. I just didn't want, I didn't want you to feel some kind of way about your audience because um, I don't care. You're not my audience. You're your audience too, man. I mean, most people talk. A lot of people talk about you. I mean, it's your audience too. I mean, it's amazing. He said he like don't I, care. No, no, I don't. I, I mean, I don't. It's his audience care. too. We don't care. We don't care. No, Momo. See, I with me though. I'm a little. I'm a lot harsher than, than Jay, right? So I, I don't know. really. I won't really. I don't play inside of news like that because I think that black folks. We don't get good information, and so it's on our responsibility. Well, it's my responsibility anyway, so that what I say actually has some validity to it. So I'll figure it out before I do that show. So when you get idiots like the people in the chat room, I mute their asses. Like I don't care. Like it's not my Jay. Jay likes to hear like chatter back and forth. That's Jay's style. Mine isn't. Everybody got a. Got, everybody got an opinion according to yeah. Jay. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. I don't believe in that. Because because there is no opinion inside of that story about Coretta King to me. That was mm-hmm. a ruling. It was set. She won. So if somebody came to me and said, you know, well the conspiracy was this, and I heard this, I don't give a damn what nobody heard. That they actually had a trial. That's who got convicted. Like, next week I'm going to do OJ. I don't give a damn what everybody's seen on TV. There is evidence out there, and it had always been out there, that nobody ever talks about. So I'm going to do that in black history. We're going to clear we clear stuff up. So, again, I'm a little bit more serious than Jay is. And not, to, not to say that Jay's not serious. I'm just saying when it's, when it's news-related, because I think that, when people go back and listen to, I know when they used to, you know, when they're listening to the news show, I used to hear people tell me that they were listening at work. So I had to always kind of give them um, information that they can use while they're at work, while they were in safe places, while they had their kids there. So I made sure I kept giving them information, you know. So anyway, that that is just kind of how I approach news. Now, if, if um, Jay doesn't mind on this side, so be it. But he's getting he's getting the emails and the calls, not me. <laughs> That's why I said yeah, I don't I care. get them. And uh, and there's always a race to who's who's less popular. Because I tell you, people, yeah, a lot of people don't like me, and and uh, which is I'm interesting. But a lot of people don't like some of the things the truth, that I say. But, well, I, I know why we're tied because people don't like the truth either. So yeah, they, yeah, they a lot of people don't like me. <laughs> So they yeah, do. I mean, it's you know who's their favorite? They love Vanessa. Uh, they love Johnny. Uh, Mr. Elias is kind of fifty-fifty with him because a lot of people <laughs> think he use a lot of profanity, but I see oh, you know, it's not really know. profanity. It's just words they use on regular channels. Uh, <laughs> Kathleen, they love when Kathleen comes, even though they we don't get enough. They say we don't get enough of her. People thought we were lying when she was gone for that period of time, you know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's usually between you and I, man. Yeah. Usually me and you just uh, bring it up the rear, and most of the time it's me, to be honest with you, because it's like they, you know, why would you, you know, a lot of people get upset because, you know, which is amazing, a lot of Republicans listen to this show. And then when I go on one of these rants saying, you know what, don't listen. You have outlets. Go to your place. Oh, that's an angry black man. You know, I've been called, you know, man, listen, during one show, I accidentally gave my number, phone number out. 
and probably for about a couple of weeks, man. Yeah, I did. Yeah, and and um, I got calls from people threatening me. Really? Like, oh yeah. Yes. That that is white privilege right there, right? Yeah. Like you feel like you're tuning in on. You have to find this show. You found it. Exactly. You keep listening to it just to see what black people talk about, and now you mad at exactly. them, and now you're threatening them because yeah. they're saying yeah. something that you don't like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And call you know me the N word, and I'm like, man, I don't care. You got my phone number. Track my track. You got my number. Track my address now. We ain't got to go through all that. I mean, but, but I'm telling you, for about two weeks afterwards, I got calls. Yeah, I did. I got calls. What you don't know is every time they come and log on your show, that you they give you credit. So come on, keep the hate coming, boo. Well, I don't care about that. It's just here's the thing. No, I do. If you don't listen, no. Well, here's the problem. The problem is, is that they think. That by coming here and they're gonna call. You know, Mr. Elias. Sometimes when people call in in the queue, Mr. Elias is gone. He out there. You know, first he lets them think they're on the air, and then he lets them say all their little racist stuff. Then he just uses language that he don't even use on the serious side, and he gets a kick out of that. You know, my thing is is that I don't care. I really don't. If you don't like what we say, go somewhere else. This show ain't for you. It ain't for you. Go somewhere else. But you continue to listen. So what does that say about you? It's still benefiting Please. you because they doing something yeah, just, like just like drama. Just like we watch well, well. soap operas every well. day because we like drama. We ain't getting nothing out of well, it. Well. We just watch it. Yeah, but at, at the same time, though, you know that that's what everybody's used to. Everybody's used to like tabloid television and opinion radio. Yeah. And so if you watch Fox and watch that stuff all day, that's why sometimes I wish Vanessa was here. Um, I'll, I'll call her and tell her this. But that's why when Vanessa, I always say to Vanessa that, um, you know, you're bringing us topics that's coming from Fox. And she goes, well, if it's out there, we need to talk about it. And I don't believe that that's true. I think that we, we need to talk about everything. No, I, yeah, we don't need to talk about saying, everything. Right, but I'm saying yeah, that. Yeah, I agree with you. We don't need to talk harder. about everything. Not, I agree with you. I mean, It's yeah, not their responsibility to help us along with truth. So watching, yeah. it, it's what colonizers do. And matter of fact, that's, I'm going to add that to my list to talk about Haiti. Because we, we need to understand what colonizers do is they make their concerns our concerns, right? It's like that Malcolm saying, Master, we sick. It's like, what kind of nonsense is that? So every time they tell us something, we ingest it, and then we need to talk about it. And so I'd rather not. So we yeah, because they're still you know, winning. As long as you right. talk about it, so we need to create the topic. As long as you talk about it, they're still winning. Yeah, we need to create that's the topic the or talk about things that we – um, get some benefit from. So the only thing, yeah. like 